He's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. You be quiet. And the guy goes, you don't own me. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, November 24th, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 359er. This is No Agenda. Celebrating the war holiday here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Lone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's Turkey Day, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Hey! You got a little hit at the end there. Mm-hmm. A little stinger. In the morning to you, John, and happy Thanksgiving. And happy Thanksgiving to you, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to all ships at sea and boots on the ground. And feet in the air. And, of course, our human resources. Worldwide over. Yes. Human resources who do not celebrate worldwide. Uh, a lot of them are showing up in the chat room at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. You know, I'm so uh, conditioned by this program to, to think of Thanksgiving as a fake holiday that Mickey was looking at me this morning. Miss Mickey was looking. You know, she had cocked her head to the side. She's like, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, oh yeah! Like, you should tell her that this is not the one you wake up to and say Happy Thanksgiving. This she said, it's not we, Christmas." She said, "We say that every year." I said, "Oh, well, I'm sorry. Happy Thanksgiving." Oh, oh. It, was a little, it was a little thing you and her. I, I guess I uh, now I'm a douche. Now I totally right. screwed well, so, it up. And everybody, uh, the president. Uh, this is quite amazing, actually. What has happened with this holiday? And uh, we talk about this every single year. It's a fake holiday. Uh, John will give you the genesis of um, of Thanksgiving, uh, which we're always happy to to give to you. But uh, I thought uh, the president, uh, I thought the way he twisted this holiday into uh, the war holiday is just fantastic. Because, of course, every year on Thanksgiving, what do we do, John? We always thank the troops. Yeah, we- <laughs> That's what we're thankful for. From my family to yours, I'd like yeah. to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Okay. Like millions of Americans, Michelle, Malia, Sasha, and I will spend the day eating great food, watching a little football, and reflecting on how truly lucky we are. <laughs> like all elites will be doing. Some people are doing other things, like, I don't know, working, uh, you know, uh, volunteering. As Americans, each of us has our own list of things and people to be thankful for. Oh. But there's some blessings we all share. What's that? We're especially grateful for the men and women who defend our country uh, overseas. Yes. Now, doesn't that mean that that's just a war holiday? Well, curiously, it's probably more traditionally a war holiday to begin with. Well, it doesn't make me feel good. Well, <laughs> it's well. They, they that may be the reason that they concocted this cock and bull story about the pilgrims and the Indians and all the rest of it. We do have a link in the show notes to... Um, a uh, piece I wrote and rewrote a couple of times. I have the 2009 edition, mm. which uh, you can read, but it discusses the... Um, this is actually, this is the genesis of the nature of your name, Buzzkill. Because a lot of people don't get this. People who don't listen to this show, they're like, what a dick. Just be, it's, what a th- dick. it's Thanksgiving, man. Don't be such a Buzzkill. Um, actually, let me take a look at the... Uh, there's a couple of pieces. The... the Actually, in 2004, I first put this on the blog. 
uh, under a blog post called Bite Me. <laughs> See? <laughs> I love Thanksgiving, but I don't for a moment think it's anything but a somewhat phony and artificial holiday since it's our only true de facto two-day holiday. More than makes up for any flaws, but let's not be fooled by the pilgrim nonsense. The term Thanksgiving was brandished throughout the U.S. history and officially codified by Lincoln in 1863 at the behest of activist writer Sarah Hale. Before 1863, there was no Thanksgiving per se, but a lot of proclamation giving thanks for this and that all called Thanksgiving. There are virtually no Thanksgiving events from the Thomas Jefferson administration until Sarah revisited the dying idea. No Thanksgiving for you! Her rationale was that Americans didn't have enough holidays. The Lincoln Thanksgiving was justified as a, justified as a celebration of the North's victory in winning the Battle of Gettysburg and had absolutely nothing to do with pilgrims or anything of that sort. That nonsense was all reverse engineered by sentimentalists. Even the first supposed Thanksgiving in 1621. Did you throw in the su suffragettes? Throw in the suffragettes somewhere that we need uh, that. I, I don't have. I'm not going to. Those poor women. Uh, listen to it was a three-day one shot party modeled after something called Harvest Home. It wasn't called Thanksgiving. Harvest, or Harvest Home was the end of a harvest party celebrated in parts of the British Isles. This party didn't happen again, in fact, until most of the invited it, it, until I got some citation here. Yeah. Most of the invited Indian guests in the, to the 1621 event were later butchered by the growing population of settlers. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, thanks. So wait a minute. Well, we thanked them and then we killed them? Is that how it yes. worked? Well, <laughs> no, there's no thanks involved. This was Harvest Home. The one documented Thanksgiving was a one-shot celebration to be held on June 20th, 1676. Thanksgiving was used more as a generic term for taking an ad-libbed holiday. There were some references to it being an occasional homage to the pilgrims now and then, but most people thought that that part was silly. Jefferson was particularly annoyed by the notion. <laughs> I love this. Anyway, I can go on. It's a long piece. You can read it on the yeah, show no, notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Three, five, but nine. It is bullcrap. <laughs> it's bogative. Wait, it's, it's bogative. It's bogative is what it is. Listen to the president. It, this, he twists this thing around into, into crazy talk. To all the service members eating Thanksgiving dinner far from your families, in the American sand. people are thinking of you today. Yeah. And when you come home, we intend to make sure that we serve you as well as you're serving America. Mm. We're also grateful for the Americans who are taking time out of their holiday to serve in soup kitchens and shelters. Which doesn't include the first family who apparently are going to be having a barbecue and watching some football. This is oh, yeah, football. He said that, but he said that. Aaron Rodgers is But he just said that. He said, I'm going to be watching football. Oh, someone else is going to be in a soup kitchen. Making sure their neighbors have a hot meal uh. and a place to stay. This sense of mutual responsibility, the idea that I'm my brother's keeper. Now, what, this, what is that idea that I'm my brother's keeper? Isn't it, the, isn't it the opposite? Is it I am not my brother's keeper? No, you're a brother's keeper. It's hmm. a biblical thing of some. Yeah. Uh, that I'm my sister's some keeper. Guard. Well, I'll, I'll be keeping your sister's, what I'll be doing. always been part of what makes our country special. Uh, and it's one of the reasons special. the Thanksgiving tradition has endured. Okay. The very first Thanksgiving was a celebration of community during a time of great hardship. And we've followed that example ever since. Bullcrap! <laughs> That's a lie! I lie! I love it! <laughs> Even when the fate of our union was far from certain, during a civil war, two world wars, a Great Depression, Americans drew strength from each other. They had faith that tomorrow would be better than today. We're grateful that they did. 
As we gather around the table, we pause to remember the pilgrims, pioneers, and patriots. <laughs> pilgrims, pioneers, and patriots, everybody. That's what it is. Pilgrims, pioneers, and patriots. Who helped make this country what it is. They faced impossible odds, and yet somehow they persevered. Uh, Today, it's our turn. I know that for many of you, this Thanksgiving is more difficult than most. Wait, what, do you think we can move this into a campaign thing? Do you think we can oh, turn... No. Yeah, yeah, I think we can. But no matter how tough things are right now, we still give thanks for that most American of blessings. The chance to determine our own destiny. The problems we faced didn't develop overnight, and we won't solve them overnight. Yeah. But we will solve them. Yeah. All it takes is for each of us to do our part. Mm. With all the partisanship and gridlock here in Washington. <laughs> there you go. Uh, partisan gridlock in Washington. Thanks, Prez. It's easy to yeah. wonder we must vote a, on the bill now. Yeah, but listen. It is really possible. But think about what's happening at this very moment. Uh. Americans from all walks of life are coming together as one people. Really? Grateful for the blessings of family, community, and country. Uh. If we keep that spirit alive, if we support each other and look out for each other, and remember that we're all in this together, then I know that we too will overcome the challenges of our time. So today I'm thankful to serve as your president. All right. You know, nobody, you know, I've only heard, you know, this this deconstruction of Thanksgiving. On this show. Bogus on holiday. this show. It's, it's, I'm essentially the only guy that keeps harping on it. And I set you up for it every single year, five years in a row. It's like, here we go. It's alley-oop. It's an yeah, easy it's one. Definitely an alley oop, but jeez. <laughs> Luckily, our listeners understand the uh, the nature of bogative uh, events like this. So, what's kind of interesting is that uh, on this Thanksgiving week, there was a, a lot of news. A lot of things happened, and typically, it's a very slow time. Uh, C-SPAN was f- just so interesting. I got a lot of just hilarious stuff, and it's the best channel on my cable box, and. Uh, and here I was expecting, you know, now I've got all the recording stuff set up and um, uh, Christina came uh, came to Austin for a couple of days, which was really, really nice. And, you know, so I sp- wanted to spend some time hanging out with her. And, of course, the debates were on. And I'm like, ah, it's going to be another bogative debate. Wow. This th- this thing was off the chart. I mean, th- the opening montage that CNN did for this was X Factor worthy. I mean, it was slick. It was produced. They're getting they, you once you get the numbers, they get the budget. Next thing you know, oh, this was high end, and of course, the whole thing is rigged because you know it's paid for by the Heritage Foundation. The sponsors are right there. You know, oh, I'm sorry, it's sponsored by. Okay, so it's not advertising then. Whatever. So the whole thing is completely rigged. It was the the national defense debate. So it's all about war. Let me just play a little bit of the the opening montage. Just blew me away. Live from Los Angeles, it's the X Factor Republican presidential debate. <laughs> Woo! Woo! If we were serious, we could break the Iranian regime, I think, within a year, starting candidly with cutting off the gasoline supply to Iran and then, frankly, sabotaging the only refinery they have. It's live television, and there needs to be Paula. more of a connection so that the people who are watching television feel exactly what you're feeling. We're no longer simply trying to get through to the next round. We're now looking for a stardom. 
I believe we can do a whole lot better. I mean, could you hear any difference between X Factor and this? I mean, it was the same thing. In fact, Wolf Blitzer, his new name is, uh, I'm gonna, well, of course, it's not X Factor, but American Idol. I'm going to call him uh, Wolf Seacrest. That's his new name. <laughs> Wolf Seacrest. And did you see Rick, you know, everyone's coming out and they all get their little announcement. And they're like, hey, Wolf, hey, Wolf. And Rick Perry does like a gunshot at him. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> It's hilarious. Like, hey, Wolf. Hey, man. How you doing? Good to be here, everybody. It's, it's just, he, it's I didn't beautiful. notice if he winked or not. Nah, you couldn't see him. It was from the back. But um, right off the bat, first question, I was like, oh, my God. Ron Paul got boned. They screwed him so bad. And I'm not sure if it was. Um, I think they might have done like a pre-interview somehow. Does that make any sense? Where they might, okay, well, the first question, it's going to be about, uh, you know, it'll be about uh, uh, the Patriot Act. And uh, and then, uh, you know, and then Ron Paul, you know, you might want to bring up uh, Timothy McVeigh because that, that'll really, you know, there was something, something happened because Newt Gingrich and they and they're doing it differently now. Now they have the split screen and essentially they show Ron Paul's reaction to everybody. This is new. Yeah, uh, this has been done in previous debates when you're trying to. Uh humiliate somebody mm -hmm. you do this oh, oh and and now the uh, cnn even put out a reel of ron paul debate reaction clip they're so trying to discredit this guy but so you get ed meese who was a former was he secretary of defense meese no no he was like a he was no he was like a press secretary he was or no he was no. in the reagan administration what did he do hold Let on me, a second yeah well, let's I, consult I, the book of no i've got him here uh, on May 21st, 84, Reagan announced the intention to appoint the Attorney General to study the effect of pornography on society. Uh, oh, he was on the Attorney General's Commission on Pornography. So he's a horn dog. He's a pedo bear. Uh, and he came out with the Mies Report and uh, advised that pornography in very He's in the Heritage Foundation, apparently. Uh, well, of course. No, he's the, he's the chief head honcho. But then, uh, you know, for, of course, a lot of people didn't see these debates. They count on us to. Yeah, he was the attorney them. general for Reagan for, right, okay. uh, for three years. Right. Attorney general. Well, that's up there. That's better than press secretary. Well, you know, for some reason, he always reminded me of a press secretary. <laughs> well, is there a difference? It's all PR. And then, you know, and, and I mean, I just got to play the, for the people who did not see the debates and count on us to deconstruct it. This set the entire tone, and the tone is essentially everyone is a raving freaking lunatic who wants to just bomb the crap out of the rest of the world, except Ron Paul. That was basically the debate. Everyone was like, we got to kill him. We need uh, Patriot Act. More Patriot, Patriot Act. At ah. least 42 terrorist attacks. For at least, for, huh? At least 42? <laughs> when did you count these, John? The 42 terrorist attacks. I, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Aimed at the United States have been thwarted since 9-11. Thwarted? Is this, tools thwarted. Like, is this Mies? This is Mies with this question, yeah. Oh, come on, throw a douchebag in there for oh, us. Douchebag. Yeah, of course I'll do a little douchebag. The yeah. Patriot Act have been instrumental in it's finding true. and stopping terrorists. This is oh, such, yeah. this is such a setup, though. It's like, it's, it, and it's also bogus, bogative. Shouldn't we uh, make the tape? Should we expand the Patriot Act, Newt? Shouldn't we have? Now, and listen, how Wolf immediately goes to Newt. Newt knows this is coming. It's all set up, and and somehow Ron Paul got trapped as just an unsophisticated media uh, trick that got played on. A him. long range extension of the investigative powers contained in that act. 
so that our law enforcement officers can have the tools that they need. Tools. We need tools. tools. Speaker Gingrich, only this weekend there was an alleged terror plot uncovered in New York <laughs> City. What do you think? Well, I think... A, a, a coincidence? 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 That uh, Attorney General Meese has raised a key point and the key distinction for the American people to recognize is the difference between national security requirements and criminal law requirements. Okay, so what he is saying here is if you're a terrorist, then we should be able to drone your ass. What, he's, what no one goes into is actually how that's determined by the secret panel. I think it's desperately important that we preserve, preserve. your right to be innocent until proven guilty. Except if we call you an, an enemy combatant. If it's a matter of criminal law. Uh. But if you're trying to find somebody who may have a nuclear weapon that they're trying to bring into an American city, I think you want to use every tool that you can possibly use to gather the intelligence. The Patriot Act... Which of those 42 uh, thwarted attacks involved a nuclear weapon, John? Let me think. None. <laughs> it's clearly been a key part of that. Oh, which of these were actually thwarted by authorities instead of, like, people? <laughs> None. None. And I think looking at it carefully and extending it and, and building an honest understanding that all of us will be in danger. You're all going to die! Oh, man, for the this rest guy's of, pathetic. ...of our lives. This, this is not... The rest of your lives, if you're watching right now, for the rest of your life, you are in danger. It's not going to end in the short run. And we need to be prepared to protect ourselves from those who, if they could, would not just kill us individually, but would take out entire cities. All of them. All of them. If they could. If they could. But they're going to do it. Be afraid. Be afraid. Be afraid. Slave. So, Speaker, just to clarify, you wouldn't change the Patriot Act. No, I, I would not change it. I'm not aware of any specific change it needs, and I'd look at strengthening it because I think <laughs> strengthening, strengthening it. What? Strengthening it. We've got How to make can it. You strengthen it. It's already taken away everybody's rights. No, I, I'm sure there's a right in there we can remove. I think we need to take away <laughs> your right, right to do this show. By the way, yeah, that would that would be top of the list. The dangers are literally that great, and again. I spent years. Literally, the dangers are literally that great. Oh, really. Really? You're studying this stuff. You start thinking about... Uh, uh, this is... I love... I've been studying this stuff. You know, I got Wikipedia. Uh, one nuclear weapon in one American city at oh. the scale of loss of life. And you ask yourself, what should the president be capable of doing to stop that? Yeah, blowing up Iran or something cool. How much cool. of the 24 show did this guy take seriously? All of it. It wasn't a documentary, buddy. <laughs> and you come up with a very different answer. Again, very sharp division. Criminal law... The government should be, frankly, on defense, and you're innocent until proven guilty. Uh -huh. National security, the mm. government should have many more tools in order tools. to save our lives. Tools. Congressman Paul, I suspect you disagree. Now, listen, how, I don't know why he brings up Timothy McVeigh. It must have been some kind of, like... Oh, I see what you're saying. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, all of a sudden, and Newt, you can see, it's a split screen. He's going, <laughs> I got him. I, I got do. him. Tell us why. <laughs> I think I think the uh, Patriot is unpatriotic because yeah. it undermines our liberty. Hell I'm yeah. concerned as everybody is about the terrorist attack. Timothy McVeigh was a vicious terrorist. He was arrested. Why did he come up with it? Why did he say that? It was because it, it plays so into Gingrich's hands. The terrorism still on the books internationally and nationally is a criminal. It's a crime and we should deal with it. We dealt with it rather well with Timothy McVeigh. Twice. What I, why I really fear it is we have drifted into a condition that we were warned against because our early founders were very clear they said 
Don't be willing to sacrifice liberty for security. Today, it seems too easy that our government and our Congresses are so willing to give up our liberties for our security. I have a personal belief that you never have to give up liberty for security. You can still provide security without sacrificing so, our Bill of Rights. So the setup is there, and now we go back to Gingrich, which, by the way, no reason he didn't mention Newt Gingrich. So it, it, uh, which he should have gone to another uh, person on uh, on the podium. He goes back to Gingrich. I want to bring others in, but do you want to respond? I'll b- respond. Why, Mr. Speaker? Respond to what? He did nothing. He didn't bring up his name. That's not the rules because it's a setup. Yeah. Timothy McVeigh succeeded. Bing, slammed. That's- I think there is a mole in the Ron Paul camp. I think someone advised him to bring up Timothy McVeigh. And I think there's a mole. I think somehow he got screwed on this deal. No, yeah, okay, let's go over a couple of things. First of all, I have never heard Ron Paul in any of these debates bring up Timothy McVeigh under any circumstances for any reason. Let alone twice. Let alone twice, out of the blue. When it's not really about Timothy McVeigh. And the fact that, uh, that Gingrich, who's, you know, he's not a dummy, but he's not... He's not the funniest guy in the world. He would come he'd think of a comeback like oh, that. No, a no. one-liner, and and it was passed right back to him by. And it was given right Wolf back Seacrest. to him. Even though I, so I would have, I actually would assume one thing is that the pre-briefing, whatever it was, or the whatever the mole was, whatever, however this was set up, uh, Paul, God. who uh, who is a kind of a free thinker, may have actually dropped the ball because they wanted to get a little debate going between the two guys and they may have done a pre-rehearsal that was going to be different than what it was and Paul failed to mention Gingrich's name but the script still had it going back to Gingrich exactly so Blitzer falls you know just says fuck it you know I'm going to go right with the with the with the original script we're going to go right back to Gingrich instead of somebody else anybody could have said something it didn't have to be Gingrich nope and why does Gingrich get all this time because he's the biggest hawk up there or the you know the the next Hitler or well, whatever he wants to be. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Correct. Not only and, you the, know, so they throw it back to him, <laughs> and then he has his one liner. Boom, ready to go. Yeah, this was rigged. It was so, and 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 just from they that, they really are out to get Ron. Ron oh. Paul is the most dangerous man in America. Yep, you're right. They are, but the thing is, he's not going to. I actually am in somewhat agreement that they just can't muster enough numbers because of all the negative publicity that they throw at him and all the. As, you know, um, they actually d- smear him essentially as a nut, and so I don't think he has much of a chance. But they're they're so afraid because you know a lot of people are re-registering as Republicans. Uh, a lot of the youth, especially like in California, where you know they they might try to get enough people to vote him in as the as the candidate mm-hmm. for uh, in, in the primaries, and which I I mean I'm going to re-register as a Republican to vote for him. Me too. And uh, you, by the way, you have two weeks left. I know. Uh, uh, on Monday, we're getting. We have to do our driver's licenses first, and then uh, so we're doing that Monday, and then we're immediately because you know when you do that, you register as a Republican uh, right there on the spot. And uh, so anyway, so there's this fear, and in fact, uh, I have a bunch of Ron Paul clips. So after you're done with these, I want to go over a couple of them where he was sitting down with the editorial board of the Des Moines Register, who are a bunch of obvious internationalists who care little about this country, and they're more or less interested in uh, making him look like an idiot. What I wanted to do, and I'll just play a little bit of this, and maybe it's an end-of-show clip because it's rather long. 
This is uh, Bob Schieffer face the nation. Did you oh, see yeah. Ron Paul? This on is that? another one. Bob Schieffer, uh, who's obvious, I re- didn't realize what a dick he is. Oh. Uh, went after Ron Paul. Ron Paul's uh, pushed back on a lot of this, but the but the main message was the. Uh, You're this, an idiot. I, You're a freaking idiot. You're and he's treating Ron Paul like a child, and he's and he's getting in his face, and he's just like, and Ron Paul's like not having it. Like no, no, that's not true. No, it, it, this this was from. Uh, I guess this was what was this? The last Sunday. Last I think. Sunday, yeah. So that's why we didn't uh, we didn't have it on the show. But you got to see the whole interview. But just listen to a couple of clips here. Hold on. Face the Nation with Bob Dushbag Schieffer, everybody. I'm playing it straight from the YouTube clip. From CBS News in CBS. Oh, come on. Here we go. And good morning again. We begin this morning with Congressman Ron Paul. The polls, Mr. Paul, suggest that you are now in the thick of it out in Iowa. What does that mean? I think Ron Paul could win. Is what I think. Yeah, that means. I think so too. And this is Basically. what nobody wants to talk about. Well, he it, it can't happen. That's why Schieffer has been called in to to rake him over the coals. Basically, in a statistical tie with uh, Romney, with Kane, and with Mr. Gingrich. So I want to ask you some questions now that you're. <laughs> Don't you listen to what he's saying. I want you know, you're, you you can't be yeah, first. He's like he's like. I got to ask you some questions. Son. Sounds like a district attorney. Yeah, you can. You he's can't not like this with Romney. Is, and isn't aren't you supposed to be like uh, impartial? or yeah, objective neutral. this is your neutral media at work the front runners we need to know more about your positions uh, on the issues and i want to start with foreign policy how much more do because we need to know the guy has expressed years. himself with more candor than anyone no what bob schieffer means is i have to discredit you on national television here we go posted on your website and elsewhere some of the things you have said in the debates suggest that you believe that 9 11 happened because of actions that the United States took. So what, he, did you hear what he, what he said? You have to listen very closely, but what he is essentially trying to do is trying to say Ron Paul is a 9-11 truther and a whack job, and that it was an inside job. And it's like, he said, oh, it suggests, and all these like fuddy-duddy words. Is that correct? Is that correct? Well, I, I think there's an influence, and that's exactly what, uh, you know, the 9-11 commission said. That's what the DOD has said. And that's also what the CIA has said, and that's what a lot of researchers have said. And uh, just remember, immediately after 9-11, we removed the base from Saudi Arabia. So there is a connection. That doesn't do the whole full explanation, but our policies definitely had an influence. And you talk to the people who committed it and those individuals who would like to do us harm. Uh, they say, yes, uh, we don't like uh, American bombs to be falling on our country. <laughs> on our heads. Like uh, the intervention that we do in their nations. So to deny this, is, I think, is very dangerous. But to well, argue the case that they want to do us harm because we're free and prosperous, I think is a very, very dangerous... Now, Schieffer's not going to have any of this. Now he's going to... Tra- right off the bat. Because it's not true. Well, I, I would, I would uh, question the import of what some of those commissions found that, that you cited there. But uh, what is he saying? What? Yeah, he's, I would question the import... The 9-11, the 9/11 commission? commission? Really? Oh, that was just crap. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I question that. But you, sir, you're a nut job. Basically, what you are saying, uh, Mr. Paul, is that it was America's fault. <laughs> 9-11 happened, and it was our fault that it happened. No, I, I, think, that's, I think that's a, miscon- a misconstruing of what I'm saying. He's so polite. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> because America is you and I. And uh, we didn't cause it. The average American didn't cause it. But if you have a flawed policy, it may influence it. When... Uh, 
uh, Ronald Reagan went into Lebanon, he was deeply, he deeply regretted this because he said if he'd have been more neutral, those Marines wouldn't have died in Lebanon because the policy was flawed. The same thing that McNamara said after the Vietnam oh. War. And he wrote in his Here memoirs comes. that, you know, interrupt if, him, uh, interrupt him, Schieffer, interrupt him, quick. If, if we don't He's learn sense. our policies, Stop this. it won't be worth anything. So I'm saying policies have an effect, but that's a far cry from blaming America. Well, I mean, in America, well, you're well, supposed well. to be able to but, uh, criticize uh, right, your uh, own government. You're supposed to be able to criticize your own government without saying you're un-American. That's what the implication But what, what you are saying, it, it was the government's fault. That, that <laughs> no. basically is what you are saying. Let me move on to, from something else. Oh, what a douchebag. But, but Paul isn't having it. He says, no, hold on. i got to finish something here. The policymaker's fault. The policymaker's fault. Contributed to it. All right. Contributed uh, to it. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> Am I correct that your idea of how to discourage Iran from building nuclear weapons is to be nicer to Iran's <laughs> leaders? <laughs> what an asshole. I can't believe <laughs> this. If that's so. Uh. By the way, this is the clip that O'Reilly played. Oh, really? I, I had and no then it. they went after Ron Paul. I have a clip that. that well, I, I mean, that. do you want to continue or just want to leave? Just leave this for now. I mean, it, it's so entertaining, really. I, I just can't uh, believe that this is the news. No, I media. think play play this part because, but it just makes me irked. I mean, uh, this guy. You know, I always thought Schieffer was a uh, a journalist. Kind of just, a journalist. I always thought he was like a normal guy. I didn't realize he's like an ideologue creep. He's on the payroll, These man. These people have no shame. No, yeah. he should be. A, this guy should be ashamed of himself. He's. Where's the douchebag call out here? Play oh, it. Excuse me. Yeah. Douchebag. I mean, is what correct? is wrong with these people? Well. I, I no, I think to be uh, you know we have twelve thousand diplomats. I'm suggesting that maybe we ought to use some of them. <laughs> but just think of how we prevented a nuclear war with the Soviets when the Soviet uh, missiles were put in Cuba. We didn't say we're going to attack you. Uh, Kennedy and Khrushchev talked, and they made a deal. You take your weapons out of Cuba, we'll take them out of Turkey. That's the kind of talk that I want. I don't. I think the greatest danger now is for us to overreact, and this is what I'm fearful of. Iran doesn't have a bomb. There's no proof. There's no new information. Yeah. By the way, he's so right about this because you look at that International Atomic Energy Association report, and they, of this, uh, and they and they literally say we have no evidence, but yo, know, but we got like some some other countries said so, so it must be true. And this is already being projected in the media as they've got the bomb. A recent report, and for us to overreact and talk about bombing Iran, that's much more dangerous. We got the now. We, now Paul nails him on this. I love this. We well, got the Libyans to, to we got the Libyans to get rid of their nuclear power and their nuclear weapons, and look at what happened to them. I, I, so, uh, Mr. We Paul, understand. Mr. Paul, I interrupt just for a second. No one has suggested in the U.S. government that we are going to bomb Iran. What they have <laughs> said is that we're going to impose very tough sanctions. You are against sanctions on Iran. Is that correct? Yeah, because sanctions are the initial step to war. I was opposed to all the sanctions for 10 years and the bombing that uh, was occurring with Iraq as I said it would lead to war. And he was right. Uh, but if you say nobody's suggesting it, why don't you listen to the debates? I mean, uh, listen Mr. to some Mr. of the other Paul, candidates. Mr. Paul, may I correct you? I am listening to the debate. Oh, shut up, slave. I am listening. I am an elitist. I am listening. These are not government people. These are just candidates. I know there have been some candidates who've talked about that, including Mr. Romney. The United States right. government has not said we're going to bomb Iran. I mean, that that's just a no, fact. No, obviously they haven't said. Obviously they haven't said that. But the implication is, is nothing is off the table. You've heard those statements. <laughs> well, yes. <All> right. <laughs> well, they just, well, yes. 
Let's move on. Then. Let's move on because you nailed me. I don't want to talk about it. Well, idiot, douche, 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 douchebag. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It just keeps on going. So, anyway, it's yeah, in the show notes. Three, three, five, nine or not in the show notes. Com. Yeah, it's just. So, uh, I yeah. Mean, people we, can't see through this guy and, and these shows. I mean, I'm sure that. You know, the pro- the thing that's annoying is that this type of show is, is mostly for the liberal audience. And this mostly and the liberal audience is the ones that should be listening to Ron Paul because he's really more along their lines in so far as um, you know, rights are concerned. Did you see that Ron Paul got mic checked? Did you see that? He got mic checked? Yeah, he got mic checked and and his response was beautiful. Yeah, it looks like time's running out. Yes. Um, mic check. By the way, pretty pretty weak mic check, actually. So he's just sitting there waiting calmly, and then he goes to the microphone. Do you feel better? <laughs> you feel better? <laughs> and then, of course, he says, hey, I'm with the 99%. Are you nuts? What are you talking about, idiots? Yeah, yeah but right. it's so obvious that 99% is, is now, you know, this whole thing is so rigged. Uh, but I still like the mic check thing. It's just, you know, it's, the, the douchebags are using it. And they can't get they can't get the crowd to go along with it. Like uh, uh, you can't understand what they're saying. Well, they've ninety nine or they've mic checked almost everybody now. Yeah, Obama got a mic check. I'm sure you saw that one. Yeah, that was a good one. The uh, he, didn't, he seemed completely befuddled, like he never heard of this, what it is. He's, like, what is He's never been briefed on it. He because he was completely <laughs> deer in the head. What? What's going who, who on? Who is this mic you speak of? <laughs> cool today, I had. Uh, I had my check. I love. He's so lame. He's like, what? 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 Hold on. Is my mic not on? Is, yeah. Is this thing on? And you can't. You can't understand him. But then he starts going like, oh no, no, it's okay. It's all right. Oh, oh, oh. Hello, everybody. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Sasha and Malia doing this all the time That's at the okay. dinner table. That's all right. That's okay. That's all right. That's okay. But then later in the speech, this is the piece that, because uh, you know, this, of course, was shown everywhere, and he's like, oh, uh, he got mic checked, and he handled it so well. Um, but then later in the speech. <laughs> after, they, he, after his staff told him what it was. Yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah. They slipped this into the teleprompter. Families like yours, young people like the ones here today, including the ones who were just chanting at me. Chanting. You're the reason I ran for office in the first place. Yeah, that's why I ran. Because I'm nearing ning 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 I'm nearing ning 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 Are you chanting? For the Buddhists here. Well, the guy's out. You sent me you sent me an article about that actually on was it the Wall Street Journal? I'm sorry. You sent me an article from the Wall Street Journal, which basically called for Obama to quit. Yeah, this is like a, a kind of a meme. 
Yeah, which we've we have in the red book now for over yeah, a year. Yeah, for four years ago. <laughs> well, we, yeah. did, we predicted he would be, before he was even president. That's right. We said he'll become president and he'll quit. This is how it's going to work. And not quite, but it didn't take long to come up with that prediction. No. It was about a year, two years ago, I think. Or no, a year and a half, maybe. I had to look it up. So uh, anyway, Ron Paul was in uh, Iowa because he's like dangerously close to winning the thing. Yeah. And, of course, they've gone off the deep end on uh, trying to uh, character assassinate uh, Mitt Romney for his... Uh, for his... His, 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 his dyed, ad. He's dyed his hair black. Did you see that in the debate? Yeah, it's I lame. know that, which is... Like, you know, really? he's a very vain-looking guy. This is the reason... He, I, I think maybe less of his Mormonism and more of his, his kind of... He's a weird character. But anyway, he did an ad campaign where he... he put in a Obama saying if we keep talking about the economy we're going to lose but yeah, Obama he, he was it. quoting McCain right he twisted it around right well it's it's a dece- it was de- it was deceptive deceptive, deceptive yeah. but according to uh uh, uh, Larry, uh or Lawrence O'Donnell the guy who does one of those MSNBC pieces of crap who now by the uh, way it, is completely anti Obama it was uh no no that's the other guy you're thinking of Radigan no, no, I no, think, no. The Lawrence O'Donnell, O'Don- the guy is a B- Obama bot. I thought he was the one that turned. Hold on. No, no, no. Yeah, you keep talking. He's a, a huge Romney hater, a Republican hater. He's he's just one step away from being Ed Schwartz. He's very similar without the shouting. And I'll give I'll give you an example. I have a, a liar's medley here, Ooh. where he bitches about this deceptive ad saying it was lying. There's no lie involved in this ad. It was deceptive. And so the mainstream media didn't call him a liar or anything, but O'Donnell goes nuts. And I I had to clip, this thing went for five or six minutes, so I had to clip it down to about a minute. And I can assure anyone, I I did not add, sometimes when I do a clip, I'll emphasize something a guy does by repeating it. There's not one bit of that in here. All I did was take stuff out, and this is what this maniac sounded like. We showed you the Romney lie last night by the liars at the Romney campaign. When you spend every day of your life lying about your first name, (laughs) if Willard will lie about that, then nothing Willard says probably feels like lying. If there is a pathological liar in the presidential campaign, it is Willard Romney. (laughs) He was asked about his lying today, but the question was phrased, of course, in the limp-brained language of the campaign press. The smiling liar used a lot of words. Question to ask Mitt Romney and his despicably sleazy campaign staff is, why did you lie? Lie is the word campaign reporters are afraid of using face-to-face with lying candidates. Lie is the word the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the mainstream media will never use with a constant lying by liars. Lie, an inveterate liar. Word lie to describe a lie. They know a liar when they see one and hear one. Mitt Romney and everyone working for him should, should be ashamed of themselves. But of course, they know no shame. 
They have now become professional campaign liars. The lying Romney team. Liars. 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 <laughs> lying. By never calling them liars. The lying in the campaigns. The lying on their own. Lying. lying. Of calling a lie a lie. A lie. Be afraid to lie. And now, <laughs> to all the sleazy liars at the Romney campaign. Wow. Now I understand. Sounds like a 12 year old. Liar, 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 liar. liar. Now I understand why when they did the introductions at the, uh, at the debate, Mitt Romney was like this. That really is my real name. Did you hear that? Hold on a second. Yeah. Hold on. I have it here, I think. 45 yeah, years ago, said, we that had is our my first, first name. Yeah. He so, said, my, my uh, name I, is I, I, have it. I have it. I have it queued up here. Hold on. Anyways, to represent a great state. That's, uh, and uh, we're here to ask hurry. you for your support. Your blessings. I had. I have this folks. cool new hookup. Here we go. I'm Mitt Romney, and uh, yes, Wolf. That's also my first name. Ah! So we listened to that. So apparently, his first name is Mitt Romney. <laughs> he's, first, he's Mitt Romney. Romney. It's what he said. He says, yeah. "My name is Mitt Romney. That is my first name." So his, his Mitt, first Mitt, name is Mitt Romney. So it is. It's Mitt Romney. Romney. Mitt Romney. Romney. It's what he said. John. Kaladner, and by the way, Kaladner. if you if you call yourself something. It, is that your first name? If it's, it, it's not his legal first name, or is it? Has it been renamed, Mitt? We don't know. I don't care. I don't care either. It's, his, he, the guy's Willard fake would as not his work. Hair. No, it's like Gaylord Fucker. You know, that's why Gaylord changed his name to Greg. It's okay. I think Mitt is like, what kind of name is that anyway? Well, we don't laugh about names here at the No Agenda Show, particularly the names of people who support our program. And we have some uh, people to thank on this. This is the only reason I'm thankful today. This is a true Thanksgiving, is people uh, supported the show. Indeed. And uh, and we have a lot of messages into our segment in the middle is going to be because people felt this Thanksgiving was a very verbose one. Oh. Well, it's, <laughs> this is good for these types of days. As we, you know, yeah, we did thankful. have our normal, uh, we actually ended up with our normal contingent of... Uh, of three uh, executive producers and uh, three associate executive producers. We want to thank everyone who uh, helped us uh, do this show. Gerald Lensky in Memphis, Tennessee, 36667. You deserve more support from the 99%. Happy Thanksgiving in the morning. And uh, Robert Goshko, Sir Robert Goshko, as a matter of fact, from Sherwood Park, Alberta, one of our Canadian Knights, uh, 360, uh, which is a 360 this show three six. Well, we'll give them three sixty well, yeah, next yeah, week. We'll give them next week yeah. on Sunday. Uh, John Adam in the morning seems there'll be a slow week with the U.S. holiday. I'll kick in from Gitmo Nation back bacon. Yeah, and I get some karma for my milf. Also, <laughs> ah, now it karma. Truly, yeah, now it truly is a great Thanksgiving. Milf. That's one mother I like. You've got karma. All right, milk. And he wants to give all the boners out there a douchebag. Yeah. Douchebag. By the so way, Adam Johnson in Plymouth, Minnesota, our third executive producer, three thirty three thirty three. Hello, John Adam. Employ- enjoyed listening to your show for the past couple of years and have been a five dollar a month donor since the past uh, December. Since I was donating, I feel like I have been getting a trickle charging of karma every month. Where eventually. It led me to getting a new job back in Java development. With this donation, I want to give back for everything you two do as well as reduce my douchebag level, a minimum of 33% plus or minus 3%. If you would, I would ask that Karma Shot be directed at all the great people I work with in my old job. They work uh, way too hard just to get by. Thanks for all the hard work you two do every day. It keeps me sane on my drives and to work Mondays and Fridays. Yeah, absolutely. Here's to all the people you work with, the Karma Shot. You've got... 
karma. Nice. That's very kind to hand out some karma like yeah, that. Yeah, it was a very generous thing to do. Yeah. Uh, Dean, Sir Dean Bertram, uh, who's out in the middle of nowhere in Gitmo Nation Palava sauce. <laughs> what is that? Where is that? I don't know. Palava uh, sauce? After another month of just getting by, I had to switch currency. So oh, he's maybe in Ghana. Oh. I went to my contribution in Ghana CDs of 419 GHC, which turns out to be $254.69. Thanks, Sir Dean. And uh, don't drink the water. Tom Wilson uh, coming up with a birthday shout-out later in the show, $220.56, which uh, marks his birthday was on the 22nd, and 56 is his age. D- uh, Jonathan Dalrymple of uh, Hamill Hempstead, Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire. Uh, John and Adam, your remark about how people shouldn't expect something you don't pay for to continue to exist struck a chord with me, so I'm giving you some cash to show my appreciation. I run Float-Right Limited, a two-man iPhone and iPad app development shop based in the UK. We have clients around the world and are currently looking for new projects, so please get in touch if you need an app. Hmm. Aside from the business, I'm also traveling around the world, currently in Malaysia, and have been on the road for seven, oh, geez, wow. seven months. So some karma would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for all the shows and dedication. Yeah, absolutely. You've got karma. And those seven are our, months. Our, our executive and associate executive producers for show 359. Uh, you can go to org slash NA, channeldvorak.com slash NA, noagendanation.com. Click on the donation button or... You can go to noagendashow.com, and there's a button there, too. Yeah, or if you like, I can program your brain. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Hey, Mick, did everything go okay? Everything okay? Yeah? Okay, great. Thank you, darling. Sorry. Production meeting. Uh, A couple of PR initiatives that are out there. Uh, We've got a couple of uh, drone domain names now pointing to noagendashow.com. Dronekillnation.com. DroneSecurityServices.com, which could be our new gig, John. Drone Security yeah, Services. I like that. Yeah, I think that a could be pretty good. A couple of drones weird. and having, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm, we're actually on a hill here, and I think I could uh, fly a drone out over the over the lake. Oh, I'm sure you could. That'd be cool. And uh, ILoveDrones.com, which, of oh, course, we all, yeah, we all love drones. So ILoveDrones.com now also pointing to NoAgendaShow.com. WhiteAlqaeda.com, which I'm sure will become useful in the, in the not-too-distant future. Uh, when we'll, we'll see some white Al-Qaeda. And then a, uh, a programming note, the NoAgendaNation.com store has received some software upgrades and has moved to store.noagendanation.com. Uh, once again, uh, the inventory levels are up, additional shipping options, and uh, there's now uh, email receipt confirmations for shipping as well. And uh, they've got some, uh, what do they have here? They had some pretty interesting stuff. And oh, uh, you can get a special deal if you enter the coupon code BOGATIVE. <laughs> you'll, say, <laughs> you'll save 15% off your next t-shirt. Let me see, they had some interesting products I saw. Hold on a second, what do we have? The government protecting and serving the shit out of you. Keep calm. We'll print more. Uh, there's a, uh, a UK shirt which says freak out and break stuff. No, that's good. And lanyards. I don't know about the lanyards. Do those sell? I, I don't get why anyone would buy a lanyard. Why do you want a lanyard? Like, you know, that's like for, yeah, backstage maybe at a concert or something. But 
I did see one cool lanyard. In fact, I, I, I usually throw these out. I go to these trade shows and they give you lanyards and then you go to some booths and they have their lanyard. Which has their <laughs> you gotta, get a, gotta get another lanyard because you're not lanyard So up. I found one that I don't have it and I can't, I'm not, unfortunately I had to run downstairs to see what the brand was. So it didn't that, that much good there. But it has a little button on it mm-hmm. and you push the button and the lanyard gives a light show. Oh. It, so it, it blinks and winks. Oh. And and it's actually quite whoa. When I first saw when somebody wearing one, I said, "Wow, this is not this is more like it." <laughs> well, Drawing you, attention to yourself as you're roaming around a trade show with a with a lanyard that blinks. Essentially, like uh, look at me, s- slice here, <laughs> like aim your sword here <laughs> to chop off my head. That's good. Those lanyards. All right, we, uh, of course, appreciate the support from our executive producers and our associate executive producers and our PR executives. That's very, very kind of all of you. And, of course, you can go out and do something very important. Please consider propagating the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. New World Order. Say it with me now, everybody. Shut up. So uh, one of the uh, not to we'll return, let's return to Ron Paul so it doesn't sound like the Ron Paul show. Uh, one of the more interesting moments that took place this week was the uh, the gassing of the uh, students. <laughs> you mean the pepper spray? The pepper spray. Uh, the of the students at UC Davis, which has now become a meme where they, they've we've made uh, mats of the guy. Oh, with the it's, a, it's a Photoshop bonanza. Even we had yeah, album no. art with it. Yeah. Yeah. We have a one post on the blog, dvork.org slash blog showing some of these artworks that have been created of, you know, the guy in this pepper spraying Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> you know, Cute little uh, kids, Jesus, Jesus. He's got him spraying him in the face and, you know, this little kids, penguins, is great. <laughs> it's actually quite funny. But meanwhile, of course, Fox, who's... Uh, who are who's, idiots. Who are idiots. Uh, they've now come out, and of all people, your friend, your your milfy, uh, gorgeous uh, newsreader, the lawyer, Megan Kelly. Oh, wait a minute. My my Megan? My, my hot, little, hot little number? The... That's one hot milf, baby. That one? Yes. Uh-huh. She says that pepper spray is food. The chancellor of UC Davis and the police chief there are both being called upon to resign. Here now, attorney and Fox News anchor Megan Kelly. You see her at 1 p.m. each weekday. Um, first of all, pepper spray. That just burns your eyes, right? Right. I mean, it's like a derivative of actual pepper. It's a food product, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. She's hot. I don't care. Let's spray her with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there were like five kids had to go to the hospital. What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, no, that stuff is nasty. And the stuff coming out of that guy's can was incredibly weird looking. It was so red. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, I think what, what was so weird about it, it was the nonchalant stance the guy had. Like yeah, was, that's what was so weird about like it. He just, yeah, like, I'm just spraying the fence. To walk through the park. Yeah. Like, I'm just pepper spraying my plants here. You know, nothing to see here. Move along. Everything's good. It's all fine. No, it was crazy. It was, that was, and they're calling for everyone to resign there, and of course, no one. Well, will. the douchebag chancellor, who sounds a lot like Ariana Huffington. Oh, really? Now oh, no, 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 that's right. No, no, she's, she's from Greece. That's right, because she uh, she did a speech, and uh, in the audience, I don't have audio of it, but in the audience, 
someone was holding up a sign saying, uh, oh, remember 1973, which, of course, was the the anti-austerity uh, protesters, the, the stone-throwing youths in Greece. And she says, oh, yes, no, I remember. I was there. I was part of the 1973 riots in Greece. Total setup. What, who, when, when, when your school is, when you've had students at school pepper sprayed, do you then go to a speech by the chancellor and then hold up a sign about 1973 in Greece? No. It was set up. Yeah, it was a, it was a shill. Total shill. Uh, disgusting. She's a disgusting person. Yes. And uh, they, uh, you know, the University of California, I've, I've tried to explain this to other people. They don't really understand why this is so, this is major within the system that this happened. Is that the University of California system, which is a quasi-state-run uh, university, they have taken, they've accepted so much government money and they also kind of don't want to even educate Californians anymore. They want to educate mostly people from overseas, Asia. especially China. Asia, yeah. where they. Asians where they can gouge them for extremely high tuitions for yep. their prestigious degree. They cannot afford this bad publicity because it's it's not good it's for their market. It's bad for business, absolutely. It's bad for business. And so this woman is being she's gonna be drummed out, but they're gonna make an example of her, but they've got to now save face because who knows who's you know, people it's like uh Football players aren't aren't signing up over you know to go play for Penn State. A lot of them have already bailed out and they're going to other schools because of the scandal. This is just as bad, and then the university knows it's a problem. They can't have the they can't have this kind of negative publicity. Did you see that uh, Reggie Love resigned from the White House? No, I didn't notice. You know who Reggie is, right? Yeah, we talked about him on the show once before. I Remind me, though. Okay, so Reggie Love is um, uh, the first buddy, I think is his nickname. He is the body man for the president. And um, his entire job is to, yeah, essentially... Uh, he's the, he was the valet. Right, but you know, just like I have suspicions uh, about uh, Humada Albedin, Huma Albedin, who is uh, Hillary Clinton's body man, there's a lot of rumor and innuendo about these guys being lovers, Obama and Reggie. Now, he has only one more year to go in this term. Why is he leaving now? Why does... uh, And uh, the excuse is, I want to go back to school. I want to go back to college. Really? You're you're one door down from the most powerful man in the universe. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. But ABC... I'm sorry, ESPN which is an ABC-owned network, so we know it's Ministry of Truth, did an interview with him, and there are some very weird things that are being said that I, that I think we should deconstruct. It's kind of a funny title, but for an entry level... This is uh, George Stephanopoulos. The job body man to the president is hard to beat. The lucky guy, and they all have been guys so far, is counselor, valet, gatekeeper, and first buddy. And for the last three years, Reggie Love has done the job for President Obama. Did you hear that first buddy? What the hell is that? First buddy. That's gay. Like all body men, he avoids the press. But now that he's leaving the White House, Love is peeling back the curtain in this ABC News exclusive with Rachel Nichols of our sister network, ESPN. Reggie Love has been a constant presence, just feet away from President Obama, since we first met him during the 2008 campaign. Love gave us a mini tour of what has since become his trademark, the things he carries. This is like a lint brush, toothbrush, scope, 
cough drops. Now, he has all these things in his bag, but they're in plastic baggies. So he carries around a toothbrush and scope in a plastic baggie for the president. Doesn't, couldn't they have like a Louis Vuitton, like a toilet caddy or something? It's weird. It's very, very weird. Sudafed. Love studied Sudafed. in the mailroom of Obama's Senate office, then moved on to the campaign where he famously bonded with the future president over a shared love of sports, notably basketball. They were both rookies to presidential campaigns, learning their jobs along the way and learning from each other. I've hipped him to... Uh, I've hipped him. You hear this? I've hipped him. I've hipped him. hipped him. Yeah, he's hipped him. You made him hip, too. He's hip. Yeah, no, I understand what okay, it means, now, now, but listen, like, listen, says that? Well, the whitest black guy in the universe, listen, gets better. Uh, Aretha Franklin and, and uh, uh, John... He's like, uh, let me think of another... Uh, oh, yeah, John Coltrane. Coltrane. And he, in turn, has uh, uh, downloaded Jay-Z and Lil Wayne. And- now, it's not Lil Wayne. It's Lil Wayne. L apostrophe I-L. Yet our president is so hip... He says, li- he said little? little Wayne, little, little Wayne. Wayne, little Wayne. Thank you for little Wayne. That's so lovely that little Wayne. And he downloaded it. What? From uh, from BitTorrent? So that I'm not a complete fuddy-duddy. Well, you are a douche because it's Lil Wayne, not little Wayne's. Barack Obama. One historic election and three long years of work later, love is packing up and saying goodbye to one amazing first job. And then this door right here, it leads to the Oval. Uh, one of the four doors that uh, the president can enter or exit through. He, and I have to say, Reggie sounds a little effeminate. You know, it's just, he's, he, you know, I don't know. You know. I don't want to accuse anyone of anything, and I don't care, but it's just of note. He showed us the tiny office he occupied just four feet away from the Oval Office, his modest home base for long 18-hour days and some nights. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, bet. <laughs> Spent sleeping here. You're the president laughing. I don't even know what the joke is there, and if I did, I probably couldn't repeat it. <laughs> a laugh shared with a president whom Love calls a mentor. A mentor who, in return, refers to love as a younger brother. Mm-hmm. What do you call the president when you're with him? Mr. President, in the presence of others, and if it's a less casual uh, scenario, then I would just say, sir. <laughs> sir is your more casual thing? Uh, yeah, I'm, he's the president. <laughs> yeah, thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> what does he do that drives you crazy? Okay, now listen to this. This is very important evidence, and then I'll stop. And what do you do that drives him crazy? I'm 28, 29, stubborn, and think that I know things that I may not know the answer to. <laughs> the chat room says, I call him daddy. <laughs> horrible, horrible <laughs> chat room. He's like, you should take my advice. He's like, I got elected president. You should listen to me. Uh-huh. The, other way. the guy loves to ride around with the AC off, like, in the summertime. And, and I get hot. I start sweating. I'm like, it's 80 degrees in this car. I'm going to, like, pass out. So this is very important evidence that the president is a reptile. (laughs) He likes keeping it 80 degrees in the car with the AC off. Only a reptile does that. Sorry, this to me is proof. I don't need to play any more of this interview. He's a reptile. I was wondering where this was headed, but I wasn't expecting that. Come on, man. He's a reptile. Who else would do that? You've got this huge limo. It's hermetically sealed. It's 80 degrees, and it keeps the air off. Who does that? Who does that? I don't know. Only a reptile. If I have air conditioning, I use it. I don't. A chameleon. I don't like it to be 40 degrees in the car, but... 
And, you know, he's cold-blooded. He's a reptile, and he likes a warm, you know, he probably has, like, some sticks and stuff to, you know, to crawl around on in the limo. (laughs) (laughs) Some leaves to munch on. Guy's a reptile. Telling you. Proof. Proof positive. Uh, it's kind of second of, that, of the uh, second half of the show. Maybe that, that, that he re- David Ike should be sent these clips. David Ike is listening. Trust me, he's all over this. He's writing a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> you want to shut up, slave moment? Go you know, for it. Yeah, Mickey. Um, you know, we went through this, right? And she had uh, uh, two violations. Violations in California for. Uh, uh, she took a right-hand turn when she shouldn't have, and she had tinted windows in the front. And uh, she gets this letter. So, you know, she, she, hey, what, they, why don't they start pulling off some of the black gangsters who are drug dealers for those tinted windows and some poor woman? She's hot. That's why. It's like, this is the MILF law. Hey. <sighs> and by the way, Mickey felt very comfortable with having kind of tinted windows because there's so many idiot douchebags in L.A. that it's nice not to be seen. Or at least they can't see, you know, everything. So, uh, dear California driver, uh, I'm going to paraphrase here. We understand that you may believe you're a good driver, and yet your driving record is much worse than the average California driver. Two violations here. While you may be a good and safe driver most of the time, your record reflects at least momentary lapses in driving judgment. At highway speeds, a moment of carelessness. How's it? Well, wait a minute. What's, what's tinted windows got to do with your driving? Nothing. Or taking a right hand when you can't do it between four and seven. Your record reflects at least momentary lapses in driving judgment. At highway speeds, a moment of carelessness can become a tragedy. Good, caring oh. people who make careless decisions while driving can cause injury or death. Now, in our effort to urge you to drive safer, we are offering you a choice. You ready for your choices? You can choose to prevent further action from DMV by avoiding additional traffic convictions and by not causing any crashes. However, if you choose to continue your unsafe driving, the penalties will increase and eventually lead to probation, suspension, or revocation of your driving privilege. We believe you are capable of making a change to become a safer driver, but it's up to you to do so. If you do not want to change, your driving will continue to present a risk to yourself and other road users. If you want to change and become a safer, more responsible driver, you can. We hope you will decide to change, but the choice is yours. Hmm. Is that the most despicable thing you've ever heard of? It sounds just like... It's, yeah, it's, well, welcome to California. No. Adios, mofo. So she's just going to stiff them for those fines or they no, already paid? No, no, she paid the fines. What are you talking about? Did what? You, did you just Skype me? I No, this got nothing to do for after the show. Oh. I'm just getting this stuff out of the way. I, oh. I do some bookkeeping okay. during the show. <laughs> yeah, your nails, bookkeeping, you know, little, little pedicure. <laughs> nails. Little pedicure. Uh, there. More Mickey stories. That'll get me going. So, uh, no. And by the way, she had to pay a $600 fine. And for what? Oh, don't for for uh, um, for turning right on uh, on a no no right turn. It was as you know they're using the Washington State has done this for years. They use the uh, 
these cops really don't do any policing anymore. That's why they're so yeah, incompetent when they try to do work. policing. They beat people up. Yeah. Uh, they're just mostly a money gathering operation for the mm-hmm. for the coffers of the of the corrupt state government. Well, check this out. So they said if you don't pay the six hundred by Monday, and this was two weeks ago, it'll be nine hundred. So she's like freaking out. She's like, I'll call the system. I'll give them my credit card. I'm like, okay. So she calls in, and she's like, and I can see her face is just getting. She's like, the system like. It's broken. They said my payment wasn't accepted, and uh, and that they don't. The, due to budget cuts, they don't have anyone to help me at this time in the automated system because you can't get someone on the phone. So then that's because they don't want you to pay. They keep oh, racking. Oh, up it the gets bill. better. So then she sends a check, and guess what? They cashed the check and they took the six hundred dollars off the off the debit card. And there's and you can't get anyone on the phone to get your money back. Wow! Yeah, no. Holy crap! Instead, you get this out and out government fraud. Instead, you get this nice little letter, which gives you a choice. A holes, adios, mofo's in California. Adios. We went shooting uh, two days ago. Yeah, who has the guns? You know the guy who has the Hasselblad, uh, Mickey's uh, uh, photography buddy out here. Yeah, the digital Hasselblad. So he's a gun man, gun guy, gun nut. So he's he's no, he's a, he's from Texas, man. You don't have to be yeah, a gun right, nut. They're he's all just from gun Texas, and uh, and we're. Sitting, I don't mean that in the pejorative. No, no, no. We're we're having a drink and you know talking about. Uh, want to go shooting? Yeah, he says. Let's drink. Let's go shooting. Yeah, he says. Want to go shooting? I'm like, well, maybe tomorrow. He says, let me show you. He goes to the car. He comes back. He's got a a, a Glock nine millimeter, a Sig, and uh, my favorite new gun, which I'm going to purchase, the Judge. Have you the seen judge? This? the judge? It takes shotgun shells. Check it out. The judge. Just Google gun. The judge. It's a revolver. I think it takes a forty-five or like a Winchester <laughs> shotgun shell. And this thing is awesome. It's like adios. Oh Jesus! It's like a big fat. It looks like a flare gun. It's a cannon. <laughs> That's what I'm getting. Yeah, it holds five shotgun shells. It's called the judge. Is that cool? What, or what, what? is the what is the caliber? It's a it's a four ten. Right. But I think, it actually will shoot a forty-five too. Yeah, Did you yeah. change the barrel? No, no, no. It shoots a forty-five right out of it. I shot forty-fives and the shotgun shell. Oh wow! <laughs> well, that's, yeah, four ten is a small. Yeah. Oh, it's small. It's not huge. Who came up with this? With this stuff, Texans, <laughs> smart people. I'm like, oh yeah, and Mickey's like, no, I want the Sig. I want a Sig in my uh, in my purse. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you guys are gonna get in trouble. You should have seen. You should have seen my daughter shooting the judge. That was an amazing experience as a dad. She's like, boof. <laughs> boof. as my kid shooting bullseyes with the judge. Yeah, it was awesome. Ah, I love Texas. These guys got it. They understand life. Oh, I'm looking at this thing. It'd be fun to shoot. What kind of a kick, though? It wouldn't have oh, much of a you kick. You know, it has a little kick to it. It has, it has a. It's about the, the kick of a Glock, about the same. But it's loud. Really loud. When it's got the shotgun shells in it, I'm sure. Even the 45 is pretty loud, too, actually. But it's uh, And it's uh, reasonably accurate. Well, with the shotgun shell, here's a picture of some shots this guy <laughs> took. I guess he's got... Like a bird shot in there. I'm not sure. There's seven yeah, and a half a, shot patterns. Well, at 12 feet, it's just like a just it's a hole, it's just a mess. <laughs> it's just exactly, feet. exactly. Because you know, I I, it, yeah. I I believe in shotguns for home defense. So this is the ultimate. Yeah, it's like get, put some bird shot in there. 
you know, don't be closer than 12 feet or, I'll, you know, I'm going to rip something off you. <laughs> but it was so fact of the matter. Oh, let me and just seven go. yards apparently is pretty accurate. <laughs> it says. It's all right. It's good. It looks pretty intimidating. But yeah, I would. Think. It even says that it has the judge inscribed on the on the barrel. <laughs> the judge. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find the manufacturer of this thing. It's um. Oh wait, here's it's a Taurus. Taurus, yeah. Anyway, Taurus, which is not a, a Taurus International. Yeah, which is not a, a a supreme gun manufacturer, but it's just so beautiful. <sighs> it's a funny look. <laughs> it's great. It's if look if I'm in front of you and I'm holding the judge at your face, you're gonna think twice about what your next move is. I would walk back slowly. Very slowly. Hey, man, that's all right. You're cool, man. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. You're good, man. You're good. <laughs> oh, they got one chambered for a 454 Casul. What's that? Holy mackerel. What's the Casul? That's I, that uh, bear gun. Oh, I need that. I shot a Casul uh, shell once, and it is unbelievable. Uh, from a, uh, what was the name of that? Uh, the gun itself was called a Fireball. And it, it <laughs> that's puts, a good one too. It, I the like Kasul that. goes off. The uh, it forms like a, a, I'd say probably a ten yard uh, circular fireball. That is nice. It's huge. I mean, nice. the fireball is unbelievable. That's excellent. I like that. Yeah, that'll drop a bear. Cool. Not too many bears in Texas. Well, not the normal kind of bear. Well, no, we got the the biker bears. Yeah, those guys. Did you see the um, the TSA, uh, the congressional report on uh, on the TSA, which uh, apparently it was released? I'm looking at it right now, as a matter of fact. This is unbelievable that they did this. The One of our uh, listeners, I didn't see it until he sent it in. Neither had I, and I'm so happy that one of our producers did that. Yeah, a decade la- later, a call for TSA reform, a joint minority staff report that came out on the 16th and the 112th Congress, the 16th of November. And it just takes the TSA to the, to the, it I just. Mean, essentially, nothing works. Suck. Nothing it works. They shouldn't even be in business. They should yeah. be taken out. Well, unfortunately, that's not entirely true. I mean, the whole report is saying. You know, they've got too many people. It's a big bureaucracy. It's completely lame. None of your stuff works. Uh, the stuff that might work is in the warehouse. It's not even deployed. And with all these people, you don't even have enough people to man the the, the naked body scanners. The, 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 the drug sniffing machines don't work. Nothing works, even though it even says the, uh, uh, the results of the testing are confidential. But we all know they don't work, which, of course, uh, on this show we discussed almost about a year ago now. And all of that yeah, this and, equipment doesn't work. I mean, it, it, it really it's just the most damning report ever. But then at the end, they have the recommendations and it made me want to throw up. You know, the recommendations are like, oh, we have to uh, get biometrics. And uh, no, this, this report seemed to be oriented toward pushing biometrics. Biometrics. All to make about sure you biometrics. know who people are. But let me just read a couple of things from it before you go on with that. I just want to, this one that got me, with more than 65,000 employees, this is not Department of Homeland Security, we're talking about TSA. Yeah. It's larger than the Department of Labor, the Department of Energy, the Department of Education, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, and the State Department combined. <laughs> Did you, do you see that they actually, that even though they have 65,000, that they have hired 113,000? So they, yeah. They've rotated almost twice that amount. 
Yeah, no, people bail out, they take the training, and then they leave. Yeah, no, this report is damning. We're going to have it as, uh, available on the uh, show notes. 359er.nashownotes.com. You got the uh, the PDF right there. Uh, but then, the, the, I mean, the, the recommendations are just really disgusting. Oh, biometrics, get your biometrics, biometrics, we need more biometrics. It's just it's wrong. But you read this report, I mean... We could basically spend an entire show just reading this report verbatim, and you'd just laugh. Yeah, 2004 to 2006, TSA ultimately spent more than $39 million to produce and deploy explosive trace detection portals known as puffers. The puffers. As, as part of its passenger screening operations. While TSA procured 207 puffers, it only deployed 101 nationwide because TSA belatedly discovered that the pur- puffers were unable to detect explosives. <laughs> Which is all they were for. <laughs> it's too funny it's just too funny advanced imaging technology devices allow screeners to see beneath the passenger's clothing to identify abnormalities like a huge penis requiring further screening in early 2011 to replace the puffers tsa began installing 500 of these devices at a total cost of more than 122 million dollars in September 2011, TSA purchased 300 additional devices. In November, TSA announced plans to complete deployment of 1,000 of these devices, and by end of 2011. By 2013, TSA estimates the total cost of taxpayers will approach approximately $500 million. Despite TSA's great investment in this technology, it remains unclear, unclear whether the uh, AIT would have detected the weapon used in the December 2000 underwear bomber incident. Additionally, Homeland Security Newswire reported in March 2011 that a TSA covert test of the machines at Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport resulted in the AIT machine's failure to detect a concealed firearm. Half a billion dollars. This is crazy. Secret report is stuff like that. Yeah, of course they... By the way, I went into a puffer machine when they had them. Yeah, me too. It's, I thought it was great. Yeah, it felt kind of cool. I was like, could you? Puff you didn't that? have to take your shoes off, and no. you got in there, and it, and it gave you a nice massage. <laughs> yeah, puff me down a little lower. Puff, 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 puff. 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 It was hilarious. Nah, it's unbelievable. I can't it believe seemed like a dumb thing <laughs> from the get go. I can't believe we missed that report. I had no idea it came out. And then there was um, in USA Today uh, a report that Senator Susan Collins on Wednesday apparently repeated her call for an independent study of the radiation from the new x-ray scanners. And uh, she said she was disappointed that Pistol told another committee a week later that he would rely on an inspector general study rather than conducting another study. One of the senators, uh, one of her constituents' daughters suffered a miscarriage two weeks after passing through a full-body back scanner machine using advanced imaging technology. Hello. What does that tell you? Who knows what? The, these things aren't calibrated. No. It's like you get fried. And they're fried. run by a bunch of boneheads who don't care if they bump into them or whatever. Getting fried, man. But there's nothing... they're standing the- by. I mean, these TSA guys should think seriously about standing by these things. And especially that one, that rapid scan that's wide open. It's not yeah. like a little... It's not like an enclosure. It's just two big black right, boxes. Right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. That thing doesn't look safe. And what was the, um, what was that, uh, that was kind of funny, the, um, that new uh, psychological 
like oh right the psychological profiling profiling what's it it has an acronym yeah i did acronym let's see if i can see it spot spot right yeah uh, but there was something really funny about what they said there in spot well, it doesn't work. It says TSA's failed screening passengers by observ- observation techniques, SPOT program. SPOT program trains TSA screeners known as behavioral detection officers, BDOs. Uh, it goes on. GAO reported that a scientific consensus does not exist on whether behavior detection principles can be reliably used for counterterrorism purposes. And it goes on and on saying this doesn't, it's just a waste of money. Yeah. There was something funny, though, in it. I can't remember. It was like... It probably is something It funny. resulted in just stupid questioning that was useless. That was the sense. That's essentially what the... Here. Uh, uh, so thus far, this program yeah. has been one of TSA's largest failures. According to GAO, TSA never scientifically validated the list of behaviors underpinning <laughs> the program, never determined whether the techniques could be applied in an airport environment, and never conducted a cost-benefit analysis program. Instead, the review that DHS conducted was to determine whether SPOT is more effective at identifying passengers who may be threats to the aviation system, rather uh, more of a threat than random screening would. And it goes on and on. It's just it's just um, crazy, just crazy. And they have this and, program, and, the assessor program. And then, and then we have this debate where uh, all these idiots on stage, except for Ron Paul, are all saying, "This is great. We need more of this. This is perfect. Excellent. More, more, more. Like the Israelis do it. More." It's, it goes, yeah, this is actually well, quite funny. While some, while some type of behavior detection is necessary to a risk-based security scheme, TSA's current implementation of SPOT is a failure by almost any standard and must change to incorporate an intelligent interactive component. Yeah, by getting an intelligent person to do it, perhaps. Well, they said in the paragraph just above that, that they just... Uh Unfortunately, rather than employing a several highly trained transportation security personnel to observe and question selected high-risk passengers, the demonstration project employed a large bureaucratic ensemble of TSA of, uh, officers who expended an unnecessarily lengthy time performing meaningless interviews with all passengers, regardless of risk level. So what's your favorite color? Uh, hey, how you doing? What are you hey, wearing? Man? Hey, if you, you wearing? if you could be a tree, what kind of tree would you be, man? I mean, unbelievable. <sighs> you know, it's yeah, just, and then Gingrich wants more of this. <sighs> I mean, it, it for for really, I thought maybe the Onion had put this report out. I said this can't be real. <laughs> this can't be real, but it's real. It's the actual report. U.S. House of Representatives. Yep. The author is. Oh, here's interesting. I love doing this. The author of the document is Shant. I wonder if that's uh, that's the person who sent it to us before I give you the name. Let me see if this person pops up on uh, the Book of Knowledge. No. Shant Boyajian. And Shant has a uh, LinkedIn profile. Professional staff member at House Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure. He looks like he's 12. He works for Micah, probably. Micah is a guy who is really against the TSA. Uh, Office of Oversight and Investigations. Law clerk. That's uh, Daryl Issa. Is that, uh, he's oh, also right. He's the corrupt of the two, but he's uh, so. It, so it's the real deal. It's the real deal. He yeah, also anyway. So yeah, he also has a Facebook page. <laughs> Brother, <laughs> I'm gonna. He, what did he tweet? 
I don't know if he has a, a Twitter. There well, I'm no, sure he does. He has no post to show. He just has a, uh, a, a like a holding page. Shant. Hey, Shant. Good job, Shant. <laughs> oh, what a, what a land we live in. What a land we live in, my friend. It's just great. So Ron Paul was being interviewed by the uh, Des Moines Register, mm-hmm. who are a bunch of douchebags from the way I could tell, from what I could tell. I, t- I took a few clips. I only, these are only a few of, a, like, I don't know, I must have made a thousand clips. And uh, the... Uh, there's a couple of them that aren't in here, uh, which I'll get to as we as we speak. But just to get you an idea of of the tenor of the uh, of this question and answer, every candidate has gone in there and they've been treated with uh, civility. And Ron Paul was grilled, uh, and, yeah. uh, and he handled it very well. But but every once in a while he'd snap back at him about something, and I don't know if they're going to get they're going to get his their endorsement based on this sort of uh, behavior. Response, but this sort of behavior, this sort of behavior. But play the Ron Paul on the undeclared war just to get a taste of how this this interview went. And you have to kind of listen hard because the questioners weren't very well miked. Hold on a second. Okay, I'll crank it up. Or something, but you know we give trials to people like Adolf Eichmann. You know, Israel gave them a trial. We gave trials to all the Nazi war criminals. And you, can you think of the height of anger uh, at the war criminals that participated in the Holocaust? We gave them trials. But if we'd had the opportunity to take them out during the war, we would have done it. Probably, if it was declared war, it certainly is different than when you don't have a Well, you said war. you supported the authorization. You're talking about after 9-11. Yeah, that was, that was a reaction. It was a limited not, authority. Does not give, that does not give authority for the drone strikes that you're objecting now? to now? No, they're not bombing anybody. That, that uh, They're not being charged with participating in 9-11. Well, but we've declared war on terrorists. No. Who did? The United States and who when declaration. I'd like to see the document. Signed. And terrorism isn't terrorism is nothing like criminality. Terrorism is a tactic, and they want you to understand, think you're in a war atmosphere. Then they can violate your civil liberties. They can pass patriot acts and do anything they want because the conditions are right. When war's going on, they can undermine your liberties here at home. So uh, no, I think it's very dangerous. Nobody's. Uh, that's just a concocted term to generate uh, you know enough fear to get the people in the Congress to capitulate and if you don't agree with it then you're un-American you know you're unconstitutional you don't care uh, you're weak on national defense because you want to defend the Constitution so I think I think it's wrong <laughs> yeah wow he's yeah. the only one who says that everybody yeah. else oh let's do more Patriot Act we're at war against terrorism Listen. which is a tactic not a not a not true be, true you know, true like true, true. What, what do you mean the war on drugs true. they have to go to the pharmacy and buy get drugs for different well, things we should There's have a war, war on these drugs yeah we should have a war against the uh, big pharma drugs absolutely so the, so the guys are all douchebags and, and the, the classic example where Paul actually gets upset with the with the staff and a guy some guy chimes in you can just barely hear him uh, but play the Ron Paul on drone assassinations, and this is another little episode where he's talking to this editorial board. We have, we have a government now that is known that we have endorsed uh, torture, 
Uh, we've rejected defense of habeas corpus. Uh, we have endorsed uh, assassination by our presidents. One person deciding which Americans can be assassinated? <laughs> and nobody's saying anything? With drones, you mean? <laughs> well, however, drones. And even when they kill a 16-year-old boy, happens to be the son of a guy that wasn't very nice, but he was never convicted of anything, never tried, no charges made, and the American people aren't saying anything, we should be outraged over this. I mean, it is. If we accept this without saying anything, uh, we're, we're in big trouble. And that is why the rule of law is so important. Uh, I, I am, uh, you know, that to, to me is very, very discouraging. Were these guys all over the drones the whole time? Is that do these they think it's great? I mean, what are yeah. these? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to play Win, Lose, or Drone. That's right. Come on down. We've got two reporters from the National Register here to play. They are brand new candidates. Let's see them bitches run as it's time to play. Win, Lose, or Drone. They'll be uh they'll be the season opener for uh for our game show. <laughs> Not to belabor the point, but there's another one that I thought was amusing because I haven't actually heard him do this little bit on republicanism. And the guys, you know, the guys are, again, uh, blasting him uh, for one thing or another. They don't want it. They want to come home. They see no future in this. And that is why they give me the support overwhelmingly. So are you ruling out a third party run yourself? Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not planning to do anything like that. Why? I don't want to. I just don't want to. Is, well, why Why shouldn't there be a, a third party alternative? Because of what I just described. Because it's a losing adventure. You probably wouldn't have me in here. Would you have me in here if I was a, running on a third party right now? You wouldn't be talking to me. Yeah. You, yeah, I mean. Uh, well, a lot of Republicans say you don't uphold a lot of Republican viewpoints. I mean, are you really representing <laughs> I think it's the funniest thing in the world. Take a look at the Republican platform. They talk about personal liberty, balanced budget, limited government, strong national defense, free markets. I'm the best in all of those. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm the one that wants to balance the budget. I vote against all the spending. I care about personal liberty, all the things they talk about. And then they say, I'm not a Republican? Uh, I, I mean, anybody buys into that, they're not listening. Because uh, I'm closer to the Republican platform than any of the others. So they're Republicans in name only? Is that what you're saying? Well, they don't, uh, they don't follow the platform or what Republicans profess to believe in, as I do. And they should be called on it. Hell yeah. I love that guy. And, we're, and of course, these guys are, well, you know, I mean, these, these guys were just pathetic. Yeah. I mean, these, and, these, but it's, and it's they, important, they were right? internationalists. They didn't want, uh, you know, they were, uh, they had, to, they was all knee jerk, gay yeah. marriage stuff. Uh, and oh, it was really? just the same old crap. Uh, you know, um, let me uh, switch gears a little bit. We had some uh, major squirrel events in this past week. And the most despicable thing was this uh, New York lone wolf. <laughs> Exactly as the director of the FBI described, they would be exactly the same way. But they did something. Bloomberg came out with a press conference. And they did something. So, first of all, the guy didn't do anything. He was drilling holes in a pipe and had his neighbor, who was, of course, working with the, uh, with the, uh, with the feds, help him. The guy couldn't even pay for the drill bits. 
And this guy's been working with him for like, I don't know, like, what was it? Uh, like nine months or something? Something crazy like that? Yeah, I know. And by the way, uh, th- there's a couple of uh, very sketchy things. Uh, they say in 2010, you know, he started writing for uh, uh, trueislam1.com, which was registered in October of this year as a brand new domain name. So he wasn't writing this in 2010 on trueislam1.com. Go ahead and look at the Who Is record. That's a lie. It's just a lie. The whole thing is fake. Lie. The suspect lie, lie. was a so-called lone wolf, motivated by his own resentment of the presence of American troops in Iraq and Afghanistan. He self-radicalized. As well as inspired by Al-Qaeda propaganda. No, propaganda. John, are you inspired by... Because, you know, if you're inspired by uh, Al-Qaeda propaganda... What propaganda are they talking about and who's been inspired Well aware. What is it? uh, uh, TrueIslam1.com, Al-Qaeda propaganda. Inspired. And then President Newt Gingrich will then uh, no longer give you uh, military uh, rules and tools. He was not part of a larger conspiracy. And- oh, funny, because he was actually indicted uh, under conspiracy laws. Was he not, John? Yeah, this has got a lot of people kind of scratching their heads. Can you, can you be a one-man conspiracy? I mean, it, it, does anyone know what the definition of a conspiracy is? Two or three, two or more people that are, 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 are planning something, are conspiring, which is what conspiracy is all about. Can you cons- conspire with yourself? What is he, a psycho? Has he got a split personality? Has he got a mouse in his pocket? <laughs> or is he just happy to see us? We continue. Emanating from abroad. He represents exactly the kind of threat FBI Director Robert Mueller and his experts have warned about. Coincidence? I think not! As American military and intelligence agencies have eroded al-Qaeda's ability to launch large-scale attacks. So we're at this press conference, and of course we've got the guy. The guy, by the way, you see him at the docket, he's shaking his head like, this is so bogus, man. This is What is this lame stuff I've been pulled into? I don't know, who knows why this, he's just been picked off the street just to to do something, maybe set up the Republican debate, or God knows why. But then, here's what the feds did just to make the media event that much better. The police also constructed a duplicate of an explosive device that the suspect built and then designated in a way that he intended to use his weapon. We wanted to show you a video about (laughs) the resulting damage. Now, let's all watch the video. Oh, there's a car. Okay. Oh! Oh, boy. That's frightening. So they show an explosion that the guy didn't do. They built the bomb. Am I, am I insane? What is going on here? Unbelievable. And by the way, it's just, you know, the roof blows off, whatever. You know, it's not like uh, the whole building in front of it blows down. It's like, you know, okay, well, yeah, it's called. A- they should have made it bigger. Yeah, they should have done a real good. It was, But we built a duplicate of the thing the guy never built. Yeah, we built a duplicate of something he never built, and here's what would happen if it had actually gone off. He's a bad person. It's all associative, of course. To make this yeah, guy. well, it's total propaganda. And by the way, you know, pipe bombs are nothing new to American history. They're all over the. I mean, they've been used against banks. It's they've our been, culture. You know, used against yeah. enemies, companies you don't like. Yeah. Unions have used them. I mean, it's a bomb. It's a, it's a crappy. It's a horrible device. But yeah. it's been. I remember when I was a kid, a couple of pipe bombs were found in Berkeley. Yeah, That's what we do. You're a bank. Yeah. Now it's terrorism. <laughs> and a conspiracy. So you don't have to deal with. It. You just put throw them in Gitmo, and you know, lock it, throw away the key. 
This poor guy screwed. Oh, yeah. There's also some rumors going around that this is all part of it because there's got so much overhead on the Department of Homeland Security that they got to find something for people to do. And so now they're going to start registering pipe. No. Yeah. You watch this. You watch this happen. They're going to find some. So plumbers are going to have to be licensed and they're going to have to register their pipe. And they have to. Yeah. They have to do biometrics and they have to go through a security scan so they can get some pipe. Yeah. So you can. So people can. You know, if there's there's any pipe, it will be known where it came from. Don't you dare in a bar say to a girl, hey, I want to lay some pipe. Don't you dare say that because that's going to be bad. Go to jail. So, uh, but there was another squirrel event, and this was so funny. This is, and it's too long to play. It's actually from up your neck of the woods. It was on, uh, I think, a Bay Area station. They found a hacker who was actually, uh, he looks like a Fed, and there's no doubt about it. He's, he's really scary look, and he has a T-shirt on that says Hacker. <laughs> Just so you know, he's wearing dark shades. He lives in the backwoods somewhere, and this hacker says that uh, he can hack into the emergency alert system and create a war of the world's fake event. And, uh, and so there's a couple things uh, of note. One is he has only he has half of one arm. His right arm is, I don't know if it's a birth defect or, uh, or if he lost his arm, but he has a stump below the elbow, which just makes him look that much more ominous. But he also calls himself something, and I'm just like, okay, could you please, why don't you just put stamp fed on the guy's forehead? Listen to this report. The ABC 7 News I-Team has learned meantime... The I-Team. ...that some of the same people who launched the Occupy movement are now considering a plan to occupy the airwaves. Oh, yeah, John. Oh, yeah. This is dangerous. And by hijacking radio and television stations, they could create a nationwide panic. The I-Team's Dan Noyes is here now, and... Dan, we're not giving away any secrets here, are we? No, this information is out there on the Internet. Internet. It's on the Internet. we got to shut down that evil Internet. You know, it's good to know what their next move might be. The aim for these activists would be to broadcast their own message across the country. It sounds incredible, oh. but after talking to engineers and to those who oversee the broadcast industry, it looks like it's possible. Deep in the Sierra foothills, down a long country road, a computer expert's been working on a plan. Just call him Jake. Jake. The potential is that you could hijack all radio and TV stations across the country. Now, again, the guy is sitting in his chair with his shades on with a a T-shirt that says hacker. Jake calls himself a hacker. He has the T-shirt and a year and a half in federal prison to prove it. With oh, yeah. a screen named Secret Squirrel, Jake Squirrel. was convicted. Of- <laughs> Come on, man. Are you doing these reports just for me? His screen name, John, is Secret Secret Squirrel. I mean, please. This is almost insulting. Of causing damage to a protected computer, hacking into his former employer system. But the conviction was reversed on appeal because of insufficient evidence. Right, after he turned to Fed. That's what happened. He then became a Fed, and he's like, all right, son, time to get out there, time to do some PR. You got to talk about being hacked. His new project would exploit security gaps in the nation's emergency alert system, or EAS. There's no authentication, there's no encryption, there's no passwords, there's, there's nothing that is required to send what would appear to be a valid message. Mm-hmm. Dad, what's wrong with the telly? Jake is taking inspiration from what's become a popular film among activists, V for Vendetta. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good evening. This is so, it's like, <laughs> I'm speechless. I'm just speechless by this thing. 
A little, a little more. A rebel takes over a totalitarian government's TV system. Fairness, justice, and freedom are more than words. They are perspectives. Perspectives. Jake's plan almost sounds too simple. He's written a software program, program. to generate those familiar squawks you hear that squawks. activate the emergency alert system. This is only a test. <laughs> he has figured out the authorization codes and radio frequencies from documents published by the government online. Oh, no. All he has to do is drive hey, to a location on the internet near an EAS receiver and take out his gear without being spotted. Take out his kit. I would then play the tones on my laptop. They get transmitted by the radio. I then play my audio message, and then I just... As long as it does, like, listen to No Agenda, I'm okay with it. Yeah, that would be... <laughs> pack everything up and walk away. Listen Pretty to No Agenda. <laughs> much the only security is these really goofy baud rates. There's even a YouTube video from the annual Hackers Convention, DEFCON, that shows step-by-step -step how to take over EAS. And we're sending alert tones now. Is that feasible at all? Yeah. Absolutely feasible. Absolutely. Bill Ruck is a former engineer for... Anyway, it goes on and on and on. You should, it's in the show notes, 359er.nashownotes.com. And then they actually bring in this woman who's uh, who teaches uh, media at some some school up near you. And she's like, oh, I would love it if it happened. It would be great. It would just be like War of the Worlds. Oh, it'd be so cool. Of course, it wouldn't be good, but oh, it would be fantastic. She's like, she's like creaming her panties over it. What is she? What is her problem? I don't know. And then we had a, a squirrel event in the and skies. It wouldn't be like War of the Worlds, by the way. No, not at all. War of the Worlds was done as a legitimate radio play with pl plenty of disclaimers at the beginning. They didn't try to do that. No, it was totally... The whole thing, it's its a Fed setup. It's like, in this. You're, turn well, off it's your an television. It's got an anti-internet uh, message. Yeah, anti-internet. It's got anonymous in there, anonymous. And he, he and later in the report, he says, yeah, I talk to anonymous every day. Yeah, every day. Yeah, Sure he uh, does. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm in close contact with him. But at the very end of the report, it's like, well, we've decided we shouldn't do this right now. It's not a good idea. So they go through seven minutes of report, and at the end, it's like, well, we're not really going to do this. We can just want you to know we can do it. Because I'm Secret Squirrel. I've got the hacker t-shirt. Be very, very afraid. This is what happened over the skies uh, over Gitmo Nation. This was pretty funny, actually. Yeah, 6132. We're at 180 knots. 10,000. Uh, can we leave the frequency for a minute? We're going to try to uh, contact dispatch. The captain has disappeared in the back, and uh, I have someone with a thick foreign accent try to access the cockpit uh, right now, and i got to deal with this situation. All right, so how would you respond if that came down to uh, air traffic control? I'd scramble the jets. Gee, funny, because they didn't. 6132, Okay, heading 360, we'll get back to you. That's affirmative. Uh, this is the FO. Uh, the captain um, disappeared in the back, went to use the restroom. Uh, uh, and what I'm being told is he's stuck in the lab, <laughs> and uh, someone with a big horn accent is giving me a password to access the cockpit, and I'm not about to let him in. <laughs> so what happened is the captain went to take a dump, and then he got stuck in the bathroom. And he was pounding on the door, and then some guy said, well, what's up? He said, well, here's the password to the cockpit. Go up there, give him the password, and, and tell him that I'm stuck here taking a dump, and I, you, know, you can't land with just the first officer. you got to have two up front. So the guy goes, okay, I'll Akbar. I don't know what he says, but I don't know what the <laughs> password was. And the first officer's like, the guy's got a, he's got a foreign accent. I'm not letting him in. He's got the password. I'm not letting him in. And were their jets scrambled? No. 
And what's the point of this whole process where you have a password that is used for specifically for this sort of thing not being accepted just because the guy's a foreign accent? You, I don't know. You tell me. I mean, why would you have this pro? Why would you have this protocol? It's a protocol. Obviously, we don't know about it until now, but it's a <laughs> protocol that was executed as per the protocol, and then it was refused. The password is Allah Akbar. Yeah. But the but the fact that there was no scrambling of jets yeah, well, that's, yeah, uh, blows me away. Yeah, that is weird. No, it's just... The whole thing was a fiasco. It's just classic. Yeah. And if the guy was some sort of an evil doer, you know, the, the public is the ones that take care of this nowadays. It's not these government guys. You know, they just slam a guy with a fire extinguisher yeah, in the and head. And where, yeah, and where's the air marshals? Yeah, no, the whole thing is... And why wouldn't the stewardess go up there and give the password? Why is he just telling some stranger? Now, the stewardess doesn't have the password. No, but he would have given it. If he gave it, he's going to give it to any stranger that walks up to the bathroom saying, hey, 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 you're taking too long in there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm taking a dump and I'm stuck. Help. I think the whole thing. I think the whole thing may have. I don't know. No, I, just, I, I think this was I'm pretty suspicious real. about any of these things. It may have been a drill. Maybe that's why jets weren't scrambled. Um, no, I, it sounds pretty real to me. In yeah. fact, the one you can't really hear the audio, but the air traffic controller even said, "You should get that thing down on the ground as fast as you can," which is like that makes no sense. Wait, go and crash into the airport? or uh, uh, The whole thing is just completely stupid. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. In the morning. We do have a lot of people to thank today, and uh, many of them have written lengthy notes. Okay. So uh, we'll uh, start now. Let's Here we roll. go. Let's Sir roll. Michael Miller from Tiburon, California, $162.10. Uh, he added a zero, but this is for John's grad- uh, Thanksgiving explanation. Below was the first hit on Google. Uh, now that's research. In 1621, blah, blah, blah. They shared it. I got this. my information. He just reiterates <laughs> yeah, he's, what he's, I yeah. said earlier. Very good. And so we can, uh, we, we I think we covered it. it. Yeah, we appreciate Sir, it. Sir Michael. Mm-hmm. Bradley Carrier in Lexington, Michigan, $125. Uh, he's got a karma success story for everyone in Gitmo Nation. Donated a few weeks ago and got some karma from, for his wife before she went to see the eye surgeon about some vision problems she was having. We were told that she'd probably need, to, need a surgery that that would leave her blind for six weeks during recovery. Wow. Fortunately, with luck and some no agenda karma, she beat the odds and is on the mend after a few outpatient treatments. I didn't ask the last time, so I donated. So I please get an official de-douching and a call out. Start with the de-douching and then a douchebag call out for his non-donating boner friend, Nick Wilson and Jim Pyle. You've been de-douched. And Nick Wilson and Jim Pyle. Douchebag. There you go. Thanks for making the, the greatest podcast in the universe. That's my best uh, sound effect. Peter Bennett, Brooklyn, Ontario. Hello, John and Adam from Peter and Gitmo Nation, Great White North. I'm not helping you with the proper pronunciation of my name, Bennett. You just turn it into a bogative bit. <laughs> a value for value amount tickles me that it's a net. 
uninteresting natural number, 12407. That's right. It's the most uninteresting number in the book of knowledge. It's the one, most uninteresting number in the book of, in the world. Yeah. Uh, we have to put it on the, I'm going to put it on the donation site. <laughs> yeah, right. Uninteresting number. Uninteresting number donation. The most uninteresting number. Yeah. I'm compelled to donate because we already celebrated Thanksgiving up here, so you don't have to. I don't need karma. I'm more in the loss of my boner status, so I don't need a de-douching either. Keep making the, the best, best podcast, podcast in, in the, the universe. universe. Robert Holmes in Newburgh, New York, $123.21. Sean Thompson in Ackworth, Georgia. Hi again, John and Adam. Donating one one two one two one one two two one for the eleven twenty two eleven. Also, my birthday is eleven twenty five, and you will get a birthday call out. And I may have some karma for my startup Electro Inventions E L E K T R O Innovation Electro Innovations. Still working on the financing to uh, get the thing kick started. I guess. Uh, yeah. You've got karma. A couple of uh, $111.11 donations from Patrick Deary and Lai Chen Chow. Lai Chen. Chen. And San Antonio and Daly City, respectively. Julie Langlois. 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 Probably pronounced Langlois. In Covina, California, 111.11. Bon, bonjour, gentlemen. I'm a new listener and completely captivated captivated by your show. I was look. I'm sorry about my reading. I was going to donate at Thanksgiving time, but the possibility of becoming one of the Baron's harem was too great an enticement. So voila! Please send him some karma for me. Let's send the Baron some karma. Yeah, I love that idea. That's great. You've got karma. Seeing as Belgium is about to uh, fall apart. Yeah. Beth Amon in Emeryville, California, uh, one eleven eleven to compliment my fiance's Joe's donation. This Thanksgiving, we are especially grateful for no agenda and just getting by. <laughs> and Joe comes in from uh, Joe Wagner comes in from Emeryville with one hundred eleven eleven. Uh, it's a matching donation, and I don't know. I this box is blocked. Yeah. It, uh... I can't see it either. Matching donation. This Thanksgiving, we're especially thankful for no agenda and just getting by. Same thing, I think. So it's complimentary. I have no idea why the uh, that box is so small. <laughs> Patrick Coble. That's what Sir she Patrick. said. <laughs> Sir Patrick Coble, Nashville, Tennessee, one eleven eleven. Ever. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Sir Patrick Coble to you. It's been a while since I've donated. I was starting to feel like a boner, not a donor. So fix the situation. I needed to get a karma shot to all the Thanksgivers and a special thanks to Adam and John for working so hard so we don't have to. I know they've changed my perspective on everything. I don't know about that. And I'm sure there are many other no agenders that would agree. I want to with no agenders. No agenders. I like that. I like that. No agenders. We got a bunch of no agenders out No agenders out here in in, in, in Gitmo, Tejas. Sir Joe again from Joe Cool Designs for doing some awesome logo work. If you need some graphic design, he's your guy, and we need to keep it in the No Agenda family. I have three major PR initiatives I'm working on right now. Hope I can have something good by the new year. I'm also on a nerdy note. I've made a Call of Duty Modem Warfare 3 group called No Agenda. It's Modern Warfare, not Modem. I said Modem. Yeah, I know. It's modern. <laughs> Call of Duty Modern Warf- Warfare. Welfare. Modern Welfare 3. I told you my reading is not good today. Uh, Call No Agenda. No Agenda. And if anyone is rocking out and pooning, pawning, mooning, pooning, noobs, uh, you want to read the rest of this. 
All right, I'm going to take it back. I have three major PR initiatives I'm working on right now, and I hope I can have something good by the new year. Also, on a nerdy note, I've made a Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 group called No Agenda. If anyone is rocking out and poning noobs, then join up, and we might make some sweet SEO juice. i I got to scroll down here a second. Uh, Oh, man, this doesn't work on my spreadsheet. Hold on a second. It goes to the... Hate well, this. this was 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 uh, everything's crossed out here. It was, uh, uh, I thanks, Sir Patrick. You rock. I can't read it, John. Okay. Uh, thank you, uh, Microsoft Excel. Yes, Jason Dozier in Kansas City, Kansas, one hundred nine eleven from Gitmo Nation Flyover. Thanksgiving may be a fake holiday, but I'm still thankful for what you guys produce every week. And in we work on Thanksgiving. I could use some karma to aid in my wife and her current aid my wife in her current job hunt, so we can get back to living an American dream with just getting by now. Back to my regularly scheduled life of being a happy and productive slave. Give her some karma. Yeah, absolutely. You've got karma. Now, here's a name. Kylian. What do you think? Babcock? I don't even know where I am, man. Oh, we're down on uh, in Higashi, Osaka, Osaka, Japan. Hey, guys. I thought that my last donation had gotten lost in the mix and went unmentioned. Then I saw that I wasn't reading the fine print and it said I had to donate 50 or more to get a donor mention. Again, one of the downsides of donating drunk... <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so just to give you credit for creating the best podcast in the universe, I thought I'd reach deep in my threadbare pockets for just a little more. turns out that if you take the letters of the word turkey and convert them to the numeric equivalent, T equals 20, U equals 21, and so on, then add them up, you get 100. Oh. So here's $100 to help you stock your larders in preparation of the cold winter holidays ahead. By the way, there's a bit of a new development in the big pharma versus the common man in Gitmo Sushi. There's been a big push recently among Japanese doctors to educate patients on the availability of generic medicine. That's unusual. However, certain people with deep pockets recently got a law passed that says if your doctor signs your prescription, which you think is a legal requirement, you aren't allowed to buy generic. Nah. Really? That, that yeah, that's, that's horrible. Yeah. Well, you got to get on board so, with the program, slave. Sam Morehouse in Austin, Texas, is in for 100. ITM John and Adam is my second donation, 326 Hot Pockets producer. And I'm glad this donation will help spur my local economy as I'm an Austin resident. Hey, now. Adam, if you need any advice on local restaurants or help soundproofing your studio... <laughs> Don't hesitate to ask Sam. Morehouse has got his email. I'd like to draw out Drew and Fonzie as douchebags. Douchebag. Rich Hraznek. 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 Yeah, he's, don- he's donated before. In Easton, Pennsylvania in the morning. I hope this letter finds you well. The donations take me halfway to knighthood at 100 bucks. It was great meeting Adam and Miss Miggy in Hoboken this summer. I hope there will be a future Hot Pocket Tours, and there will. Wishing you all, because Adam has only hit part of the country and needs to finish it off. So, uh, so, right. so Leo Lepore can talk about it later. <laughs> Sir James Briscoe, Bayshore, New York, comes in for seventy-two forty-nine. Hey, guys, a donation to further help the downturn. I donate more in this troubling time. I've been spending over $2,000 helping my wow. uncle, who suffered a stroke last year, to fix up his house so he can move back in and missed his increasing expenses that's how i'm earning some karma to atone for what i've done that all the love of my life may be believed to be bad 
please give her smita some karma. I do hope that she's actually taking off on Thanksgiving and working through it like she always does. She deserves the break for all she's done in that place and for all she's gone through. She's truly worth it. All right. All right. Here we go. Karma. Whoa. That's a hard-ass karma. You've got karma. Matthew Phillips, Dearborn Heights, Michigan, comes in at 6969, helping to... to trying to help on National Genocide Day. <laughs> three plus three plus three plus three, comma, three plus three plus just 69, 69. Somehow he's come to that conclusion. Michael Bowling in Watsonville, California, 6789 in the morning. Here's some turkey money for a bad day of donations. I'd like to ask for some karma for my girlfriend, Laura, and wish her a happy birthday. Yep, she's on the list. She's on the You've list. You've got karma. Kenneth Mickelbust in Frederikstad, Norway, probably pronounced Michael Bust or Michael Boost. Oh, I have no idea. 6666 in the morning, John and Adam from Gitmo Nation, brown cheese. I'm about to, what is the brown cheese reference? It's uh, the stinky ass cheese they eat there in Norway. Really? Yeah, it's like uh, poop. It's A like bo- poop? <laughs> have you never been to Norway? You know, I've been to every Scandinavian country except Norway. Norway. Yeah. Well, their cheese is stinky. Well, there's nothing wrong with stinky cheese. A Frenchy stinky cheese. Oh, yeah. I'm about to leave stink. for London. Get Monation needs to do an artistic nude photo project there yeah. on Saturday. And yeah. would like some karma to help everything run smoothly. Hey. Hey, send pictures. You've the got project's op- karma. The pro- project's open to everybody. So any producers who are listening in the area, please stop by to either participate or just grab a coffee in the morning. Please plug the project's website, 1000bodiesproject.com. I want to take a look at that right now. So that means 1,000 nudes. I think this I think this is a, yeah, this has been going on for these nude pictures. They, there's a couple of photographers, and maybe Kenneth is the main one. You take you get a whole bunch of naked people and then they take a picture of them in the middle of some so square. So it's uh, the twenty sixth of November, Thousand Bodies Project. Tank deck at du stair held naked og alene i et fotostudio med en sort maske i den ene handen og kamera lyser i den andre du fart i bilde og og detter op. It's uh, in Norwegian. Uh, you sound like the Swedish chef. <laughs> Trevor Chapman, Brampton, Ontario. This is a combined double nickels on the diamond 1111 donation, which will hopefully offset the dearth of donations you get. Please call out my brother Shane as a douchebag. Douchebag. At the age of 46, moving back in with our mother to save on rent. And I, can I have a shot at karma for my recent application for promotion at work? Yeah, of course. You've got karma. And along with the following, Carlos... Sanchez from Chicago, Illinois, gave us 6611. He also says it's the greatest podcast in the universe. Hold on a second. The rule is there's an English page. The rules of the project are you are alone in the studio when the picture is taken and you take it yourself. Hmm. You can wear no clothes, but you will be given a mask to be used as you wish. You pose however you feel like. There will be no mirror. You take the photo when you feel comfortable. You have one. That is one shot. Goatsy. Uh, Carlos Sanchez writes it's been a rough year for me first I get laid off then my mother passes away a month later I'm hoping this donation will grant me a bit of some karma that seems to be helping out so many people well give him a karma shot we'll see what happens by the way yes I've checked out the job site and would like to thank the shill for such a helpful 
for being such a helpful tool. Oh, I mean, for <laughs> creating, I'm sorry, not that he's the tool, for, for such a helpful tool. Finally, can you, by the way, the job site is a, is a, is a, is a crawler that yeah, it's great. opens up all kinds of weird stuff. You should check it out. It's at noagendanation.com slash jobs. Finally, can you give me a happy birthday shout out to my youngest human? We got that on the list. Uh, keep up the great work. Michael Siegenthaler. 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 And San Bernardino, San Berdu to you. Fifty-five, fifty-five. Uh, hello from Gitman Nation, Chitlins. Where is he? Oh, San Bernardino. San Bernardino is not a Chitlin place, as I know. Last time I donated, I asked for a dedouching and ended up getting a job, making twice as much as I ever have. Huh. Can't wait to see what karma does. Well, let's check it out. Here it comes. Bend over. You've got karma. We never know. We'll find out, I'm sure, shortly. Rick Barkhouse in Smith Falls, Ontario, 5555. Hi, John and Adam Greenish from Gitmo Nation, Beaver Tail. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a loyal listener for about a year, and I'm finally able to afford a de-douching. Huh. All right, here we go, then. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Nice. Tells us to keep up the great work. So, Sir David Dolson, Houston, Texas. Uh, well, Thanksgiving is a, only a U.S. holiday. It's actually in Canada, Canada too, but it's well, a different yeah. day. Hopefully, the rest of the countries will make up the slack for the U.S. I know donations will fall short during this time of year. Y'all's show, y'all's show, y'all's show. Y'all's show truly is a worldwide phenomenon. Easily in Texas. Y'all's show truly is a worldwide phenomenon. Since, Since you, you don't cover just U.S. news and reports, please accept this donation on donation of double nickels on the dime to help take the sting off working on a paid holiday for the rest of us slaves. P.S. Copious amounts of Chardonnay seem to have been the effect of, same effect as vodka for inspirational donations. And welcome to Texas, Adam. That's right. Adios, mofo. We uh, encourage donating drunk. Yes, we do. We're the only show, by the way. That encourages that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Drink as much as you can. Even Elliot during the Gardner, show. Gardner in York, well, Pennsylvania, well, 5510. Uh, instead of wasting my money tomorrow morning, Black Friday, on some crap I don't need, I decided to donate to the award-winning best, best podcast, podcast in, in the universe. universe. Oh, let's try it again. Best podcast, podcast in, in the universe. Uh, we're out of sync. I would like to ask for some karma for Ron Paul to win at least one primary caucus over the mainstream douchebags. Douchebag. All right, here comes the karma for Dr. Ron Paul. You've got karma. He might win. He might win. Eric, I hope he wins Iowa. That'd be great. Because they'll still say, well, it was just a fluke. It's just a, it's a, it's a caucus no, an- state doesn't count. Anonymous did it. They'll say anonymous did it. Yeah, it was a scam. Eric, they, they, well, anonymous can't do it because it, these the caucuses it have to be live and in person. They'll blame. There was anonymous who showed up and they stood in the corner. Eric Nagel in Bunschoten Spackenberg. Bunschoten Spackenberg. Deutschland, I assume. That's Holland. Bunschoten oh, Spackenberg. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Say it with Doesn't me now. Bunschoten Spackenberg. Please send some karma to Eric <laughs> DeShilt because he has a delay with the No Agenda mugs, mugs, and for the bumper stickers, which may not be deliverable. You've got karma. Are the bumper stickers going to be? Uh, I didn't know anything about the bumper stickers. Uh, me neither. Then by probably some sort of uh, uh, some DHS thing. You know the uh, uh, Josh, the Hasselblad guy with the with the judge. 
He yeah. has uh, that printing press. Remember I sent you the email about that? Yeah. Uh, he wants to do no agenda street signs for us. Oh, street signs are a great idea. Yeah. And we'll talk about it. Especially talk. if we can replace uh, <laughs> other street signs. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. We've got to talk to the Harry show about Pil- <laughs> I know we can. Yeah. How about can- Bogative Drive? Harry Pilgrim in Fredericksburg, hey. Virginia. Hey, it's uh, Harry who uh, hooked us Harry, up. good old Harry, 5510, double nickels on the dime. Even <laughs> though Thanksgiving is perhaps bogative, <laughs> it's just bogus, not bogative. I still believe everyone should spend the day with the Pilgrims. Uh, Hope just helps you get through the lean times. Requesting a little karma for the Pilgrims just getting by in Virginia. Yeah, they definitely yeah. deserve that. They're good people, Jen and Harry. You've got... Karma. Good people. So Virginia's got karma for one day or one week. I have noticed that starting around Halloween, it can be tough to get any work done until late after the first of the year. Everyone has some reason or other for being out of the office. You never seem to get anything done. I've come up with a name for this period of time where everyone takes vacation and basically everybody works at the work levels down to a crawl. Well, I call the- this period Semper New Hollow Thanks Moss Semper. Short for Semper, Semper Fidelis, the Marine Corps motto. Okay. Yeah, he's a Marine. This refers to something with the Marines. Did. This is yeah, a, it's like, we'll kick your ass, bitch. I think that's the translation. Um, I would, uh, Maxwell Roberts in Crown Point, Indiana, would like to remind all the citizens of Euroland to continue to bow <laughs> and obey their gray and reptoid overlords. And I have a clip of the, of the, of the, the chief reptile coming up. <laughs> Paul Murphy in Kentwood, Michigan, double nickels on the dime, a longtime donor, uh, $33 a month club. But first time I've given over $50, $50 mark. I love your show, and it's the best five hours I have all week at work. I've saved up these federal notes just for this time <laughs> since my birthday's today. I'm asking for a birthday shout-out and a yeah. shot at karma for my job search. I'm just getting by, stuck at a temp agency. Yes, of course. It's good and valid for a week. You've got karma you know how it works one of your buddies down in spring texas robert hegedus uh double nickels on the dime is a new austin resident i ask that you say the following to honor today's death of 117 year old texas tradition saw varsity's horns off short welcome to texas (laughs) whatever that meant i uh, thanks and gig (laughs) him yeah i'll gig him all kinds of code in there (laughs) clearly taft in marietta georgia where they don't do that sort of thing double nickels on the dime don't want to be one of the flock of turkeys that don't step up step up this weekend by the way if eric's calculations are correct i reached knighthood status and we you're going to be in there am i the first drone flying ham radio operator black knight i think so if he's flying drones Wow. Yeah, and he's a awesome. black knight. Yeah. Love so I that. Guess we missed him. Yeah, we did. Raiko Miyagi in Benicia, California, $55. And Mike Strait in Cleveland, Ohio, $54.69. Second time donor here is going to invest this money in a lap dance from a single mom <laughs> working her way through college. But That's Adam's one hot milk, baby. But Adam's complaining changed my priorities. I hope you guys can sleep at night knowing that some young lady is short on tuition now. <laughs> He could use a shard of karma. <laughs> it's all right. Karma. I promise I'll make for, up for it here at uh, with the UT uh, students. Uh, they work cheaper there. <laughs> Mark oh, Matt, Matiosis. Matiosis. Matiosis, I think. 
Rockland, Massachusetts, 5242, best podcast in the multiverse. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Gerlach, Sir Jeffrey Gerlach to you in Alamo, 5150, giving thanks. Skylar Visconti, Bakersfield, California, 5033. Stop. Uh, Skylar's the one that sent us the picture of his girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> how cool. How, it was a good picture, wasn't it? Yeah, outstanding. We encourage more of that. Skylar's Sky a lucky guy. Yeah, he sure is. Holy Sir, moly. <laughs> Sir James Freehollow, Freehollow Books. Hey, Jimmy. Com. Cool. Uh, Summerfield, uh, North Carolina, $50.05. Come see the biggest hollow book in the world. We have uh, four no agenda books, including one signed Adam Curry book left. You signed a book? Yeah. Remember, we met him on the Hot Pockets tour. And oh, I signed right, a whole right, bunch right, of them. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I listened to the podcast I co host with Paul the Book Guy. Well, I think, I, I, I'm sorry. By the way, Paul the Book Guy, or was James of Free Hollow Books, one of the two of them wrote me saying that the other one had sent him, the one that I don't know which of the two it is, some hot, some sort of hot peppers uh, powder. Oh, the, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy has the peppers. He sent Jimmy the, peppers. Has the peppers. Let me, I'm sorry, let me just, I need to give Skylar a, a karma shot. I think that was the whole. You've got karma. The whole reason because he sent us. A, you know, we were too busy looking at the picture of his girlfriend. We forgot the whole karma thing. <laughs> By the way, I I want Jimmy from Free Hollow Books to to make me a Free Hollow book for the judge. <laughs> for the judge, that's a pretty big book. <laughs> the gun is huge. It'll look badass. I think that's the way you should have the gun in a Free Hollow book. Yeah, that won't look suspicious. <laughs> All right. The machines don't work anyway. Graham, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is just books. <laughs> hey, that's a mighty heavy this book you got there. So. He's probably reading them. Oh, no. He's reading books. books. What are we going to do? Reading lock books. Him up. Stop reading Graham books. Graham Bennett, Waterloo, Ontario, $50.01. To all you American boners unwilling to donate, for this Thanksgiving episode, hopefully it will make up for some of the slack. I'm in need of a de-douching, and I've been a long-time listener, but seeing I'm a student, funds are a little tight. I managed to find some money to give you. I would like to call out all the people in Waterloo, Ontario, who haven't donated yet. This is a great podcast. When one should receive the donations, come on, Canada. And here's, here's your de-douching. You've been de-douched. So you de-douched the Waterloo and de-douched Graham. Yeah, I did exactly what I was told to do. Okay. Yeah. Scott Checkeye in Harvick, Pennsylvania, $50. Bob Rathmel in Saint Isabel, or Santa, Is Santa Isabel, I think, California. Thank you for someone who does listen on the holidays. I wonder how many people are actually listening. Is the chat room thin today? No, the chat room's good. In fact, let me take a look. Uh, we may be a little lower than normal. We've got about 500 people listening. Hmm. Uh, he wants us to give ourselves some karma. Oh, that's very kind of you. We'll take that right away. You've got karma. Thank you. Christian Muma in Land Lakes, Florida, $50. Uh, please take this $50 in exchange for karma for my girlfriend, Natalia, who has been out of work for nearly a year. We want to note back she gets a job. Karma. Yep. Let us know. By it's the way, I'm a little annoyed by the fact that we gave karma to the Cleveland Browns because somebody asked for it and I was against this sort of thing. And I don't know what to do about it. And it worked. We can't keep doing this. And it, and it they worked. won. It worked. <laughs> they suck as a team. The fact that they won any games is amazing. Well, Greg it's Skirley karma. Said, we're going well, gonna, to gonna put a price tag on karma. You can People can get karma when they want it. But for a football team, a commercial enterprise or anything like that, it's, gonna be, it's not going to be $50. 
Greg's because I don't like these giving football teams karma. It's a waste. Greg Steerly, Santa Monica, California, fifty dollars. Janice, uh, old, oh brother, uh, Ulta Jabruns, Ulta Jabruns, Ulta Jabruns. You just it's got to be Dutch. Yeah, but she's from Hartford. Ulta Jabruns, Ulta Jabruns. Or she could be Swedish. I mean, she's in Hartford, South Dakota. Yeah. In the morning, uh, Adam and John, I wanted to send this to you, too, for having the show on Thanksgiving Day. I'll be listening. P.S. Last time you were pretty close on the last name. Oh. Ulchebruns. Well, I didn't see her last name because she's in green, which means she's never donated before. That's weird. Well, maybe she received uh, karma or something. No, no, maybe. Yeah. Jeff Wheeler in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Another $50. like to get a merry Christmas from both John and Anna from my wife, Kristen. Merry Christmas, we- Kristen. Merry Christmas, Kristen. Wait, he wants to record it and put it on a card, so let's do something else. All right, let's go. Right. go. Okay, you start. You start. Merry, Merry Christmas, Kristen. Ho, ho, ho. That was Johnny Boy, and here's Adam, Kristen. That's one hot milk, baby. That'll be cool. Yeah, it should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do voiceovers. <laughs> We are available for voiceover work. <laughs> available for voiceover work. $50 a pop. Kevin Acosta, New York, $50. Um, contribution make uh, John shut up about the Thanksgiving service not receiving donations. <laughs> well, it's over now until next year. This right. is my first donation after more than a year of being a boner. Mm-hmm. Well, it worked. We just wanted to say that the fake holiday specials are appreciated by many who download the show. If possible, send us out a shot of karma to my dad who's been getting by fighting leukemia with $90,000 a year in drugs. Ugh. You've got Hate the cancer. karma. There you go, Dad. Karma for you, buddy. He also has a uh, opera podcast that he recommends, operanowpodcast.com. Yes, yeah, I know the Opera Now podcast. It's very nice, actually. You would, you he would enjoy it. He wants to plug for them because he, the donation he sent us would have been going to them, and he wants to give them something. Well, this will help them. It's, it's a, a good it's podcast. Nice. It's very Mike nice. Mike Bernstein is... Oops, Burns, Burnt, Burntsen. Burntsen. Yeah, Burntsen in uh, Bettendorf, Iowa, 50. Paul Vella, Towchester, North Hampshire, 50. Uh, and uh, that'll do it for today's. So we did get a, a, a lot of uh, messages and good uh, donations, and we appreciate it because we did come in on a holiday, and I have to run out of here when we're done and, and cook a wild turkey. Are you cooking down there? Are you going? Where are you? Are you no, we're all, everybody's here. Oh, that's so sweet. No, I and remember. And we got a wild turkey. I remember the one time that I had a, a Thanksgiving. It was the only time I've been to your house, actually. Yeah, well, you're, you're welcome to come anytime you want. Yeah, but that would mean flying. I don't want to go over there. Just make sure you call a, a few minutes in advance. <laughs> yeah, and don't go upstairs into the office. You're not allowed to see that. It's a secret place. It is. My cave. I have uh, a note uh, here, a uh, note regarding the no agenda. I'm sorry you guys didn't catch the magic magic number for episode 357. It says, uh, who is this? Oh, this is horrible. How come I don't have the, maybe he didn't want his name mentioned. Uh, 357.11 being 357.11 prime number that won't ever occur again. Ooh. And the next group of primes is for show numbers is truly ridiculous. I expect PayPal will own all the podcast licenses by then. I'd hope to donate my maintain and maintain my douchebag status. Anyway, Hill the Vo- Hill the Foots, the V, and the best podcast in the universe. Uh, why is there no name here? That's pissing me off. All right, sorry. Uh, send we'll, me, send we, me we'll note again. We'll re-plug we'll him yeah. on the next show. We'll There's a lot that. of stuff to talk about on on Sunday. 
which really will have a low audience because I guarantee that if people uh, that that just falls off the off the map, it happens. It, uh-huh. I remember from last year we had like the chat room was half empty. It is kind of calm now that I'm looking at it. It's kind of calm, but you know, but people do appreciate it because. After uh, you know, after they've had uh, you know their Thanksgiving dinner and everything, and then you know, when your relatives start getting drunk, you're like uh, you know, I just want to go to your room and listen to the show, you know, to drown out the bickering from the family. <laughs> bickering, <laughs> right? Hey, uh, so thank you so much for helping us out, dragging us through this Turkey Day. We're very proud to be here and proud to have a business model which is no business at all and just getting by like the rest of you. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. That is where you should go to uh, support the program. Remember, if you're not paying for something, you have no reasonable uh, expectation that it'll be there tomorrow. And uh, if you are not paying for something, uh, you probably are the product. In this case, we deliver the product, and it's known as the best podcast in the universe. Am I correct? Absolutely. It's your birthday, birthday. Sir Craig Jones, uh, congratulations fellow knights, Sir Andrew Schmidt, who turns 24 today. Sean Thompson congratulates himself. Uh, he turns, uh, he's celebrating his birthday tomorrow on the 25th. Tom Wilson, uh, he turned 56 on Tuesday. Happy birthday. Carlos Sanchez's son, Taj, turns one today. Congratulations on the new human resource. Uh, depleting his $9.2 million value. Michael Bowling's girlfriend, Laura, celebrates. And Michael Paul Murphy uh, says happy birthday to himself. Uh, that was on last Monday. And remember, you all get a personalized card from us uh, next year. Happy birthday from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And we have uh, some knights to take care of, John. Knights. So, yeah, yeah we, we love our knighthoods. Uh, Eric the Shill has new uh, rings coming out. So we'd like to have E. Taft, Stephen E. Taft, step forward, and William Mason Gerlock. That's right, Sir Jeffrey has handed out a knighthood to William Mason. This is very exciting. Uh, since both of you have uh, directly or indirectly supported the No Agenda podcast, the best podcast in the universe with up to $1,000, I hereby pronounce the Sir Stephen E. Taft and Sir William Mason Gerlock, Knight to the No Agenda Roundtable. William Mason, you'll certainly enjoy our hookers and blow. Courtesy of your dad. How cool is that? I presume he's his dad. Well, let's hope. <laughs> Someone's happy in the Gerlock household. Yeah, hookers and blow. I love that. This truly is a real Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, uh, Euroland. I got to talk about Euroland. Uh, can I make a little prediction? Uh, let me get the book. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I've already made the prediction. The wheel- By the way, I made a prediction on a couple of shows ago. I want to mention. Okay. That uh, uh, I just didn't get it in. I wrote it in the book though, so I could have the date. Yeah. Which was the prediction that the official that the Euroland will 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 have to decide on an official language, and it will be German. <laughs> no doubt about it. Now, the wheels are coming off this thing. We Right now, we have uh, little Timmy Geithner. Uh, and uh, who's the douchebag over there at the Fed? What's his name? Uh, Bernanke. 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 They are now asking all of the big banks in the United States to uh, put together a little scenario, a little stress test scenario, just in case the euro falls apart. Uh-huh. And, of course, that'll be a big bunch of lies. 
And it is. Well, that was also a message to get ready to get. You, you should, I did a column in last uh, Friday's Market Watch, which you should read because it's kind of funny. I'm surprised I they ran I it. I, know. I, I basically I, told everyone to get out of tech stocks altogether. Duh. Get out I of said, everything. Bail. Gold. <laughs> Gold, baby. So here's the scenario. Greece. Land. Here's the land. Yeah, that's true. Raw land. land. Yeah, land. I agree with land. To bury my gold. Uh, Greece is now kind of refusing to actually put a signature under their bailout terms. This is for their 8 billion euros, which they need by next week. Otherwise, they run out of money. And they're like, yeah, yeah, no, we're good for it. We're good. We'll, we'll do everything you say. Yeah, and, the, and fr- uh, the Netherlands, Finland, and Germany are saying, yeah, would you please sign the document? And like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Just why don't you transfer it? We'll send you the document later. So they're like they're refusing to sign the document, <laughs> which is funny. I love these Greeks. <laughs> the Italian bonds uh, yields spiked up to the Greek levels, essentially. Spanish bond yields are now approaching those of Italy. French borrowing costs have widened versus Germany. Um, the, uh, let's see. We ha- then we have the, uh, the the U.S. bank stress test. This is going to take. One to six weeks, and it's it's falling apart. We're it's gonna it, we're, it's coming, it's it's actually happening. And then we have this memo, a six page memo, which fell out of someone's bag from the German Foreign Office. How does this happen? By the way, this was happening during that during the period of time. I think when Gordon Brown was at the, uh, the well, he got they just took a picture of it. No. No, I mean, you know, they remember all those discs that were lost. And oh, on the yeah, on the people tube. left a laptop on the, the bus, you know, with all this government <laughs> information on the subway. What is this? Okay, six-page memo by the German Foreign Office argues that Europe's economic powerhouses should be able to intervene in how beleaguered eurozone countries are run. The confidential blueprint sets out Germany's plan to tackle the eurozone debt crisis by creating a stability union. That will be immediately followed by moves on, quote, on the way towards a political union. You can cross it out of the book because it's done. It will prompt fears that Germany's euro crisis plans could result in a European super state with spending and tax plans set in Brussels, which, of course, is what uh, I and uh, John, you just agree with me, have been saying all along. Then we get Haiku Herman and uh, Hermie Baby comes out and he uses a word which is actually not in the English dictionary. I found the word in Investopedia, which is another book of knowledge. Listen to the word and let's understand what it means. I would call it uh, not euro bonds, but using a broader term, mutualization of public debt. Ah, mutualization of public debt. Have you ever heard of this term, Jean-Claude de Vorac? I actually have heard the term. Uh, let us understand. Uh, in any case, it is not a short-term fix to solve the debt crisis. No, we are screwed. But it can be an instrument, among others, towards stronger fiscal discipline mm-hmm. in your area over the medium term. Oh, yes. I know it is a very sensitive issue in a number of our member states, but in exceptional times, it is necessary <laughs> to look also at far reaching options. Does that sound to you like we're screwed and here it comes? Does to me. Also, it will also be the case in my report. A report. It is clear that clear. to be feasible, 
preconditions need to be met in terms of fiscal positions uh -huh. and strict fiscal rules. Oh, This rules. is why all those forms of mutualization of public debt could only be envisaged as the outcome of a process with different phases and criteria as it was done for the process leading towards the euro itself. Okay, so what Haiku is saying, mutualization, the definition, the process of changing a firm's business structure so the owners of the company are eligible to receive cash distributions from the company in direct proportion to the amount of revenue the company earns from each member. This form of business structure is also known as a cooperative in some jurisdictions. This is it. This is the complete unification and loss of uh, sovereignty for, yeah. for every state in the United States of Europe. Yeah. And it's just using fancy words. Yeah. It's not gonna, they're not going to tolerate this. Well, they will, John. I disagree. The, the people are so asleep. They're all, you know. No, the Greeks are rioting in the streets. Oh, the Greeks. But we're not seeing that. Where do you see that on television? You don't you know. No, but this happening. Yeah, well, the Greeks, they have a history of this. They keep getting screwed. So this is like passed on from father to son, from mother to daughter to grandkids. So they, they, that's their culture. But all these other so-called cultured countries, they think, ah, oh, it's okay. We're safe. You know, Haiku Herman taking care of us. It's going to mutualization us. It's all good, man. Mutual, it's just mutualization. It's fine. Everything's going to be good. Give me some Adderall. Quick. You're screwed. And Le Monde newspaper. Are you familiar with Le Monde? Oh, yeah. Everybody is. Would you say that's a reputable newspaper? Yeah. It's like a high class. Is it like the New York Times of France? Uh, I think. I don't think so. The French is kind of the New York. They don't really have a New York Times of France, I don't think. The French, somebody, one of our two French listeners can correct me on this. <laughs> they, I, don't, I, think they've, I think we've lost them. I don't think we, I think we have zero. Zero. So Le Monde publishes a report, which is reported on by the British-speaking uh, host of France 45. Uh, sorry. 24. 24. No, it's French 24, whatever the hell it is. The French 24 channel, which I don't know. I mean, they, they got English-speaking guys with British accents on the French channel. And they read the translation of the most amazing article. Hello, Ms. Mickey. You oh, look wow. so hot. Of the most amazing article published in Le Monde, which is taken directly from our show notes here at the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe. Welcome back. It's time now for Media Watch. James Creighton's here. We have a bit of controversy on our hands tonight, don't we? Controversy. Le Mans' London correspondent claims that Goldman Sachs has developed a network of influential figures across Europe, which includes the new head of the European Central Bank. It's Do I sense a conflict of interest? It's pretty extraordinary stuff. Uh, page two of Le Monde today, uh, the, free the European Freemasonry of <laughs> Goldman Sachs. And what they mean by Freemasonry is the way in which the Freemasons operate. Is, it's a network. Mm -hmm. And Goldman Sachs essentially, according to the London Correspondent, I mean, it's pretty difficult to refute what he says, have put in place a network across Europe. Who does that include? You've got Mario Draghi. Let's have a look at his photo here online. Uh, he is uh, the former... He's the new head of the European Central Bank, former vice president of Goldman Sachs Europe. 
You've also got uh, the current Prime Minister, uh, unelected Prime Minister of Italy, that's Mario Monti. He was a former uh, advisor to Goldman Sachs uh, from, uh, I think, 2005 up until the point when he was made Prime Minister. You've also got the Prime Minister of Greece uh, by the name of Lukas Papademos. Papademos. And he uh, was the former head of the European of the Greek Central Bank uh, at the time when Greece came into the Eurozone. Now, what they're saying here is uh, the, the figures that Greece, Greece presented, <coughs> we've been hearing this for a long time now, that the figures were, were, were not honest. And in fact, it seems that Goldman Sachs helped Greece to uh, present a better face to the world uh, through f- very complicated financial instruments known as swaps. So complicated! Not, idiot. So this was a financial instrument that uh, Goldman Sachs uh, helped Greece to conceal its debt that's been, with. That's since been referred to as lies and manipulation by various observers since, hasn't it? But it's what's extraordinary is that uh, the, the Greek Central Bank was, I suppose, complicit with Goldman Sachs in concealing the true extent of Greek debt. And you had Lucas Papademos at the head of the Greek Central Bank at that time. And uh, so he, they, 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 he goes through various other figures. You've also got this guy, a former European commissioner, an Irish man by the name of Peter Sutherland. He helped to place Mario Monti, who is now the Prime Minister, at the head of the Trilateral Commission, according uh, to Le Monde. That's a key inner circle for the global elite. So what you're seeing here uh, in this article is a list of names of people who have very close associations with Goldman Sachs, who have very senior positions, either in central banks or at government level in several different European countries. So Goldman Sachs, Freemasons, all linked together, and Le Monde (laughs) basically going up. Now, now here comes the best part. So when you and I talk about this, John, particularly... When I say, you know, this is the global elites, it's a banker takeover, you get like people going, you crackpot, shut up, you conspiracy theorist, shut up. They got it insane. The, but when this guy does it, this the moment going public the on the whole thing. And what, what's interesting is uh, the, their London correspondent, a guy by the name of Mark Roach, or Mark yeah. Rush, he wrote a book called The Bank, yeah. How Goldman Sachs Rules the World. Now, it won the French... Book, uh, business book award in 2010 so he's not somebody who's a, a sort of a wacky conspiracy no, theorist he's a, he's a serious journalist serious journalist yeah. oh, serious journalist serious journalist not just a wacky 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 you know, wacky. Cat, you know I'm not saying we agree or disagree with what he's saying but you know he's, he's a man he's whose a reputation guy. is good absolutely you know, he's, he's, not, he's not crazy and he's, he's not crazy like there's a Curry and Dvorak consulting group not crazy he goes into great length at this article in this article which is well worth reading for- anyway there you go <laughs> <laughs> We're crazy. We're not like that guy. Oh, but we said exactly the same thing. We've been saying it for how long now? I don't know, a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> but we're crazy. I mean, actually, if you've listened to the basic thesis that we we um, ex- uh, expound, expound upon, yeah. it's a essentially a, a roadmap to what's going to happen, which, of course, will lead to the eventual civil war in Europe. Yes. And we're calling that now civil war. In yeah, we've called it a while ago. Yeah, well, we'd just like to call it again. I'd like to thank everybody for uh, sending in their IRS forms to uh, complain about the William Jefferson Clinton Foundation not uh, reporting their IRS form 990. That's uh, very cool. And uh, people are getting responses from the Department of the Treasury Internal Revenue Service. And basically the response is, yeah, shut up, slave. <laughs> thank you, you for expect? the thank you for the information you submitted regarding yeah, William we didn't J. Know Clinton. This was going on. Thanks yeah. for the update. The Internal Revenue Service has an ongoing examination program to ensure that exempt organizations comply with the applicable pers- provisions in the Internal Revenue Code. The information you submitted will be considered in this program. 
Internal Revenue Code Section 6103 protects the privacy of tax returns and tax return information of all taxpayers. Therefore, we cannot disclose the status of any investigation. Right, and we will not do any follow-ups until we're absolutely sure that Hillary Clinton will not be elected president. Yeah. It's, until it's, then. Then maybe we'll let you know maybe, something. Maybe, 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 maybe not. Maybe. So let me just uh, roll out some funny things to wind up the show here, John. Oh, wait, I got a couple more stories. Oh, good, I'm sorry. Please, I've been waiting for you. Uh, one of them is the, uh, can you play the see something, say something theme? Of course. Because this story relates to how, how, where this always ends up. If you see something, say something. It's on the blog, Dvorak.org slash blog. I saw it as another one of these jaw droppers. I'll read the headline. Teacher goes off the deep end and calls the cops when a little girl kisses a little boy. <laughs> a sheriff's deputy was dispatched last week to a Florida elementary school after a girl <laughs> kissed a boy during a physical education class. School brass, brass actually reported the impromptu bus as a possible sex crime. Oh, no. According to Lee County Sheriff's <laughs> Office, the assistant principal of Orange River Elementary School called in the cops after a teacher spotted the smooch. Wednesday at the Fort Myers School, in fact, Margaret Ann Herring, 56, initially called Child Welfare, who directed her to contact the sheriff. The, I mean, this is, this, this is, what, this is what, where this, what this country's come to. Not this country. Not this Texas country I live in. I don't know where you live, but it's great over here. Well, this is Florida. We kiss all our girls at the hoedown. Now, another story which got kind of got me was um, some guy in the East Coast uh, with, a, with a proper license uh, cap, caught a 754-pound <laughs> yeah, tuna. I saw this, yeah. I saw this. The government, our government, took it away from him because <laughs> it's it wasn't big. caught with a hook. <laughs> What did he catch it with? The judge? It was a net. It was caught and he was fishing for something else and he got this big tuna in there. <laughs> I was like, you can't have that tuna, boy. Can't have that tuna. So apparently the government took it and then the, the government officers sold it for something like $396,000. And got some lab dances. Really? Yeah, this, he, what is, what's wrong with the, you know, the, 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 I think Ron Paul's got this all correct. He does. He does. I think in the whole scheme of things. And I do want to play one last Ron Paul clip. Before, which just, is, just about the fish thing. Uh, I have been, I'm reliably informed that if you, uh, if you, because, you know, they're pretty strict on speed limits here in Texas. Uh, but if you get your license plate, your Texas license plate with the fish Texas, you can get one with a fish. Yeah. That uh, the cops then think you're cool because, you know, like you're like a fisher. Oh, that's good. It's a little. Are well, you going to get that? Yeah, of course. Hell yeah, I'm getting me a fish license. You betcha. Fish so license. I want to play plate. play one little clip that's uh, actually taken from O'Reilly, who hates Ron Paul because uh, Fox got, is run by Democrats. Yeah, and they hate Ron Paul. And uh, the word isolationist is dropped in here by uh, uh, by O'Reilly. No, the other guy. This uh, one of the Glenn Beck. No, Den- no, Dennis one of the reporters. Miller. I can't think of his name. Geraldo, anyway, Megan Fox. Years ago, it's one of the more. He's a guy who came over from the networks. He's working for Fox. Wow. You'll you recognize his voice, but he throws the isolationist word in as some sort of a negative thing. I am going to develop a, a small 
and don't write me about my my cycles book a small thesis about this that isolationism which is a term that never appeared until about 1890 and didn't become popular and at first it was it was isolationism became a term around 1920 it was always considered that americans were always kept to themselves a kind of a ron paul ideal you, you it doesn't mean that you're you, you don't do international trade but no, you, you don't just keep to yourself. You don't go throwing bombs on people in deserts. You don't throw bombs on people. Yeah. And you don't just give all the jobs to China. 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 And so, but he I just galled me when I first, they blast Ron Paul and then, and uh, what's his name? The other guy tries to kind of rationalize how it works. And then he drops the isolationist bomb in there. And I'm thinking, this is a negative word. That is shouldn't be negative. It's actually a positive thing. But so the word has to be changed to you know America first or something else. But play this clip and I'll be done with it. This well, is dangerous stuff. I mean, well, if you had power, it's not dangerous if you're not going to have power. We don't believe Mr. Paul will win. But nah. it's dangerous stuff if you had power to think that way. Is it not? Well, arguably so, Bill. But bear in mind that libertarians are deeply distrustful of governmental action on many levels, not least of them foreign military undertakings. And the and the positioning of American troops around the world and foreign military involvements are something that libertarians are are sort of uh, you know for a long time have been opposed to. All so right, you so see you him articulating these views that are consistent with that. Uh, no, but the essential point is that you believe a slice of the American electorate would be. You know, yeah, not, not isolationists. Wow. Isolationists. Isolationists. Well, yeah, I'm an isolationist. I think it's good. You know, I believe, I believe a couple of things, but I believe that something may happen with Ron Paul that people, you know, if, if they can get, See, unfortunately, you know, no one watches CNN, but, you know, they're trying to hype it up and they're making it sexy. So, you know, we got Wolf Seacrest and 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 people might tune into it, you know, so like, and, the, and I can just imagine someone sitting on the couch with their hand in the, in the crotch going like, so when did this thing? And just be confused, you know, like, oh, OK, yeah, this is kind of interesting that they all go, wait a minute. There's one guy who keeps saying something different. And it was so apparent on this debate that maybe just maybe people go. Wait a minute. If that guy's the only guy saying something different, maybe there's something to it. I do have this hope. Is that foolish of me? Yo, totally. Oh, okay. Mm. But I think that he's going to get, he's gotten a lot of attention, much more, I mean, so much so that they have to try ways to blast him and marginalize him and make him look like an idiot. Yeah. And uh, they've done everything they can, but he still has his. One, he has his message, which is very, he doesn't waffle. He doesn't lie. He no. doesn't go back and forth on things. He has a good reason for the way he thinks, and he explains it if you ask him. And the rest of it is just, uh, you know, the propaganda on the other side. And it's, and like Paul says over and over again, it's one party. Um, if you want to play one last Ron Paul clip before sure. we go out, you can play yeah. his little thing on the super committee and why it's just a fiasco. Super committee, here we go. Tell me real quickly, what are your thoughts about the super committee, its work, what's going to happen next week, and what are the ramifications? I'm against the super committee. It's not going to work, nor will the Congress work, because they're deadlocked, because they won't admit the problem is serious. They won't admit that we're bankrupt. They won't admit either side that we have to cut something. So uh, if it goes into sequestration uh, and there's a nickel and a dime, uh, 
taken away from the military projected increases, no real cuts. There's no, even, even if they fail and there's the automatic cuts, there's no cuts, uh, no actual cuts. It's all cut in the proposed increases. And there's several in Washington, a coalition of Democrats and Republicans that will introduce a resolution and will exempt all those military expenditures and make sure that nothing get cuts. Yeah, of course. Increase the drone program. And by the way, most of the cuts that both parties are talking about, about everything, are is cuts in increases. Yeah. It's, There's it's, no real it's cuts. It's a cut in an increase. I know. It's crazy. Instead of $60 billion more, you get $57 billion more. More. You're still getting you're more. Already had, I know. Getting like I know. Billion I know. You want to get 140 billion, and they're going to oh, we're going to cut it. Okay, yeah. they cut it to 120. They're not cutting into the hundred. So I got a couple of red book predictions. Whip it out. Woo! <laughs> it's cold in here. <laughs> so we have our 40 days and 40 nights reality show. This is what you're going to get. This is uh, the president. Who, by the way, if you look at the White House, if you look at WhiteHouse.gov. Right now, you'll see that the banner has changed. This is the people's website, okay? The people's website says, if Congress doesn't act, middle class taxes will go up. Calculate your taxes here. So I guarantee you, in this reality show, the super committee will do nothing. President Obama will save the day, 40 days and 40 nights, that's what we have left, till, till December 31st, with an executive order, which will uh, be the, uh, uh, the expiration of the uh, Bush tax cuts only for the rich. So this is a prediction that by the end of the year, it'll be an executive order, because we can't wait, ladies and gentlemen. You know we can't wait. We can't wait. John, can we yes, wait? we can. <laughs> wait a minute. I have one of those. <laughs> Hold on a second. Uh, I thought I had that. Uh, I had it somewhere, too. I didn't, I didn't edit it. You know, someone did it for me, I, but I wanted it different. Yeah, the one that did it. We can't wait to fix our schools. We can't wait to fix our health. So the way you're supposed to put that it together. That was too echoey. Yeah. Uh, but you're supposed to put it together where he says, we can't wait. Yes, we can. We can't wait. Yes, we can. Um, so anyway, so I predict that we'll have that as the, because this is the new reality show. Remember we had the uh, the ratings crisis. We're going to get downgraded. And oh, last minute, we're all screwed. The world's going to end. We're all going to die. Oh, terrorists. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so now we'll have the president with an executive order at the end of the year. Uh, then I also predict, I think somewhere in January, February, we're going to have a benefit concert. <laughs> a benefit concert for the 99%. We are the 99%. And I think Lady Gaga will be out front. I, 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 all of a sudden I had the feeling, I'm like, we're going to have a benefit concert. It's going to be the 99% benefit concert. And all the douchebags will be there, and all people will be like, oh, if you're just getting by, this is you know, for you. It would be funny if somebody, when they de de deconstruct a benefit, and say, yeah, we were listening to this radio show. We never even thought of this <laughs> it was idea. A great idea. It was really awesome. <laughs> and once they said it, wow, that's it. 99% show. I'm telling you. Uh, which will be attended by the 1%, obviously. We're the only people who can afford yeah, totally, those tickets. Yeah, totally, because it's going to be too expensive yeah. for the real people. 
Um, and now we get to, uh, I don't, I think I have the jingle somewhere. Here we go. Time to open it up again. To the gate, to the gate, to the climate gate. That's right, everybody. So there's been a, an important shift. First of all, uh, a, a whole nother slew of climate gate emails came out. Uh, and I believe that this is a red herring that they are purposely putting this out to discredit the IPCC because now we have the UNPCC. And this is what's happening Uh, right now taking place. And I think in a week or two in Cancun, we have the United Nations climate, uh, a panel of climate change cockamamie. UNPCC, I think they've purposely discredited the IPCC, moving that over, saying that's, you know, that's okay because we're the UNPCC, which, of course, is the same organization that the IPCC is from. And uh, you watch that the uh, the UNPCC is going to start implementing stuff. Guaranteed this is happening. And it's already being indoctrinated on the kids in uh, Gitmo Nation East. Listen to a children's program about global warming and tell me if you can spot the errors first though to some big news about the state of our planet a new report says harmful gases that damage the earth have reached record levels yeah the latest figures from the united nations weather agency show that despite all of our efforts to be more that's the unpcc by the way not the ipcc or environmentally friendly the amount of emissions is increasing faster than at any time in history so what's going wrong well Let's take a walk back through time to find out. Okay, kids, let's learn. The Industrial Revolution, a time which a few hundred years ago would change the world. Here in the UK, people left their farmlands in the country to work in massive factories in the city. It sparked the rise of the railways, carting new products up and down the country, and it was all mainly powered by coal. Scientists worked out that burning all of this coal to make power releases a huge amount of gas into the Earth's atmosphere. It caused what we know now as the greenhouse effect. It caused? Really? (laughs) It's having a huge impact on the planet. When carbon dioxide... Now, listen to the music, because the images you're seeing... For the kids, and this is a children's program, the images you're seeing are of, you know, the glaciers, you know, the icebergs melting, fire, you're seeing big smokestacks with fire coming out, and you're seeing flooded roadways, Sodom, Gomorrah, and death for the children. Look, children, you're fucking dying. Listen to the music, though. The atmosphere. It remains there for about 100 years. And while it's in the atmosphere, it's trapping the rays' energy, so the atmosphere on the Earth begins to warm up. The ice caps on the north and the south pole start to melt. The sea level rise means that some towns and villages along the coast will be affected by water, as we've seen flowing down the high street. You're going to die, children! Countries around the world have been trying to do something about Here's it. Here's your heroes! After meeting to set targets Change the music. reducing harmful gases. Environmental campaigners say a lot of the blame could be pinned on countries such as the United States Bad. and also China and India China. who are having a new industrial revolution of their own. Hate the Chinas! Hate Americans! You're stupid! They're killing the earth! You're gonna die, children! Die! You should see this video. It's really despicable. <laughs> Just put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's in the show notes. Okay, then I have two C-SPAN clips, which are both short in nature, but just incredibly funny. Uh, The first one is from, this was a hearing. This was a congressional hearing 
the guy's name is Douglas Brinkley. And uh, let me just see what this hearing was about. It wasn't all that exciting, but it got very exciting uh, when the following uh, passed. Let me just see if I can find. Uh, the hearing was the Natural Resources Committee hearing on oil drilling in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. And this, uh, so this guy, uh, Douglas Brinkley, is testifying. And then uh, we have uh, uh, Congressman uh, Young. And he first of all, he gets the guy's name wrong. Instead of calling him Brinkley, he calls him Dr. Rice, uh, while he's saying that your, his testimony is garbage. And then the guy gets in his face. He's like, hey, you know, the name is uh, Berkeley, not Rice, you idiot. And then pandemonium. And it's like a shut up slave to the max. With that, I recognize the gentleman from Alaska, Mr. Young. Thank you, Chairman, and thanks for having us here. And I, I, I will tell you, if you ever want to see an exercise in futility, it's this hearing. Um, that side's already made up his mind. Um, this side's already made up his mind. And the, I call it garbage, Dr. Rice. It comes from a mouth. Dr. Dr. Brinkley, Rice is a university. Well, okay, I, I know call you, you went Dr. To Rice. Yuba I'll call College you anything I want to call you sitting in that chair. You Pardon? Understand? You just be quiet. Well, but you why? You be quiet. You don't own me. I, I pay your salary. You, I can tell you right now. The gentleman, the gentleman will suspend, and I'll remind, I'll remind members, and I'll remind I work witnesses. for the private sector. You work for the Mr. Tax Brinkley, you are, you are invited here to testimony, and we look forward to your testimony. You got the time to, to say what, what at least was on your time. Within the time and call me Mr. Rice. I needed to, per, I, I, I needed to correct the Mr. record. Mr. Mr. Brinkley. Okay. We see a lot of people here, and from time to time we make foo pas. <laughs> that is the definition of a foo pas. Foo-pah. Instead of saying faux pas, he says we make a lot of faux pas here. I mean, isn't that exactly the definition of a faux pas by calling <laughs> yeah, a faux pas actually. a faux pas? And from time so to who's time, the, who is that douchebag? Who gives a crap? Is, he he gets in everyone's face and then they tell him to shut up and then he no, shuts I mean, up. Who is the douchebag that called him Mr. Rice? Oh, uh, that's uh, Don Young, uh, uh, Republican congressman from Alaska. He's like, shut up, shut up. Shut up! You be quiet. And the guy goes, "You don't own me." <laughs> like, it's like, like it's a schoolyard. And we made foo pas. Foo pas. Nobody is perfect here. <laughs> foo pa. But to interrupt breaks the comedy of what we're trying. We're gonna have. He says to interrupt breaks the comedy. It's what he said. Yeah, it's the comedy, and I, and I am agreeing. Is that the same guy? Is that the guy from that's, Alaska? No, that's the chairman. That's the chairman of the committee. Who's that? Uh let me see if I can find it. <laughs> Breaks the comedy? Yes, and I'm like, no, it's great comedy. What are you talking about? This is fantastic comedy. It's, uh, he is, I can't read his name tag on the video. It's, uh, uh, I just can't. Yeah, we'll get it for this. Yeah. We should bring this up in the next show. But uh, it's a fupa and don't break the comedy. We're going to have disagreements here. You've already seen that. He called we, me we try, we Mr. Tried to do Rice. that. From try to do that in a way that is civil. In the word Mr. Rice, Mr. Brinkley, correct. you would do that if somebody Mr. said that to your name, too. Mr. Brinkley, I've been called a lot of things in my I wouldn't time. call you that. You're a good congressman. Mr. Brinkley, do you want to continue sitting at this panel? Hey, do you want to? Hey, shape, slave. Yes. Yes. Okay, then, please yes. follow yes. the rules. Yes, okay. I'll shut up now. Unbelievable. Hey, wow. And then, uh, finally, I would, uh, once again, I beg of you, I beg of our human resources, there are 
I, I don't know what the problem is, why you aren't doing it, but C-SPAN, which, as you can tell, is becoming a comedy network. They're even calling themselves a comedy network. They have call-in shows, and, these, and they will let absolutely everybody on the air, and they have sometimes very interesting people who are being interviewed, and you can call in, and you can not only douchebag them, you can uh, you promote noagendashow.com. You can do this. You can say, hey, going to go to shutupslaves.com. We really need this. And, I, and I, I'm willing to give out special uh, honorary mentions, whatever it is. It is so easy. And this guy, Phil Kirpin, who was an economist, listen how easy it is to, to get on the show and listen to how abhorrent this asshole is. And Christ, top socialism. Now, I'm not... Uh a uh, completely socialist. I'm a conservative socialist, I guess you would say. You're a conservative socialist? Yes, it sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? But um, Sounds like some kind of moron. You just called the listener a moron. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> so please consider getting on these shows. We really, I mean, we can use the help. It'll be well worth it. It's easy to get. You don't even have to. Getting, they have no screeners there. Just get on and do it. We should just have one or two assigned people that just do it constantly. Well, we, we don't should. need everybody trying to do it because a lot of people say, you know, they don't listen to we listen to C-SPAN, so they don't have to. So now you're telling them to listen to C-SPAN. There's got to be a couple people out there that could that have the time to just do this continually. Use different names, call in the. There's three lines: Republican, Democrat, and Independent. You call in on all three of them. Do different voices. Somebody wants to practice their voices. Hi, I'm <laughs> Bill. I'm on the Republican line. I'd like to ask a question, Mr. Jenkins. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever listened to the No Agenda Show at noagendashow.com, Mr. Jenkins? No. That would do no, it. You should. You Please. should. Adios, mofo, and then hang up. Perfect. You they can call do it. back with a different voice. Yeah. Now try to use, you. I think if you use a, a star, six, seven, one of those codes, you, your caller ID won't come through. Nice. Same number. All right, everybody. Uh, show, wow, long show. Well, you deserved it. You came through for us. We came through for you. Coming to you from Camp Mofo in the capital of the Lone Star State. I am your lone wolf in the morning, Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's Turkey Day, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back again on Sunday, right here on No Agenda. Adios, mofo. Dvorak.org slash N-A.